Hello, everyone, and welcome to Devils on the Podcast. Uh, the Devils have been released for your auditory pleasure. This is episode three, and we are a production of Devils in the Detail, which is a wonderful Steam curator who also has a Discord server full of friendly people. So feel free to join. With me today is Manos, the Overlord. He is the server owner, curator owner, and overall cool guy. Thanks. Hi again. We've got Mr. TFX, also known as T-Rex, by one of our loving fans. And he is our community manager. He gets us the review copies, which, you know, helps make sure that we don't break the bank when we're trying to review games. Hello. Thanks for having me. And then we have Plebbles, one of the trainee reviewers, and who is our special guest. Tis a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here, Plebbles. So, uh, before we get to the gaming news this week, how are you doing, guys? Pretty good. Woke up a little later than I wanted to, but otherwise, yeah, making it down. This is also a last-minute thing, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you're the first trainee, so you know you get to be the, the special guest of honor this week. Yes, I'm flattered. And forever onward. Very much flattered. Well, you know, the first exclusive trainee, because TFX actually is a trainee, too. Well, <laughs> I sometimes forget you. that. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. all do. Soon to be reviewer. Yes. Mm. So, so, yeah, on to the gaming <laughs> stuff. So what has everyone been playing lately? Well, since I've um, recently finished my Journey review, I've been replaying Journey and replaying because I've played it on the PS3 and the PS4 before. But um, if you let enough time pass every time it's like the first time it's just kind of magical so you know i've i've seen pictures of that game and it's like a cloaked person standing in the desert what's the actual gameplay like i've never been able to figure it out well journey is a bit like a it's it's basically a walking simulator but it does certain things in a very special way the thing with journey is if you try to describe it it sounds boring if you play it it's magical okay so um there's no dialogue in the game and the the multiplayer is very interesting because you randomly meet people and you can't see their name tag um there's no customization in the game and you can't chat or voice chat with anyone you just have um a button that if you short press it you're making a small one note sound but the notes randomly changes so if you repeatedly press it it's like a little melody and if you hold it you make a sound burst which you can use for certain actions in the game and you can also use that to give the the person you're playing with energy for the limited flight ability in the game so Basically, what all this comes down to is that you have no language barrier whatsoever. You have no idea who you're playing with. So um, whether it's a player with 30 Xs in the name and uh, 666 or whatever, or someone with a reasonable name, uh, you have no idea. And every encounter feels magical. And everyone is... Um, there, there's also no way really to grieve in the game. So... Um, yeah, it's it's always a beautiful experience to meet other people, and you're there's always an incentive to help them out. But if you don't, you're not um, hindering them in any way either. So yeah, it's it's really right. hard to explain what's so magical about Journey, but it's one of the greatest games games I've ever played. Period. I mean, the only way to communicate is by whistling. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. That kind of reminds me of this one game that is sort of under the radar. I mean, it's got like. 3,500 reviews on Steam, but, uh, you know, it's still not something that would appeal to everyone. But it's called uh, Kind Words and in parentheses Lo-Fi Chill Beats to Write To. Oh, yeah. And, and basically the premise of the game is to uh, 
is to write anonymous letters to other people who play the game. And I, I guess it's been a good way for people to survive the quarantine because you feel connected. And also, I guess the art of writing letters isn't dead. So yeah, and what, it's like a pen pal. What I found really amazing about the game is um, you're writing all these anonymous letters and you can write in them whatever you want. But uh, so far from what I've heard, there's not a lot of nonsense going on there, not a lot of trolling. It's actually kind words that are being exchanged. And it's like really motivational and uplifting from what i've heard i've i haven't played it yet i'm maybe going to review it at some point but especially with these community driven games with lots of people in it and especially with animosity so it's amazing that it still works hmm. yeah, it's yeah. Interesting. it's very very nice to hear that games like that and the community can still exist that's actually pretty cool yeah i think it's kind of like real life where like if you get a nice letter like of course you're going to keep it and maybe respond to the person but if you get like a mean letter, you're just going to like throw it in the trash because yeah. like no one wants to read that. And why would you keep it around? So, you know, thus by continuing to create that cycle, you end up with way more kind words than you do mean ones. Yeah, that's probably it. And TFX, <clears throat> I know we just talked about uh, the the walking sim that uh, Manos had just played. But what about your Death Stranding, man? I know walking sim has always been a you know, way to describe it by some. Oh, so boy. I'm curious your thoughts now that you've 100%ed it. Yeah, I'm curious too, not to interrupt. I'm curious too, because the game I think I want to try, but I don't know because I hear so much so much about it being a walking sim. I don't know. I do actually want to hear your thoughts though, Dave. I mean, when I hear someone say walking simulator, I, <laughs> games I think about was like Stanley Parable or Gone Home or anything of that sort. And everyone's gone to the rapture. Oh yeah, exactly. So I don't think, I mean, definitely the game is not like that at all. There's a, like a lot of shooting. There's a lot of stealth action going on. And it's like, it's like feeling I had when I played Skyrim for the first time. And you go to that mountain and the mission, there's a mission you have to go on a mountain uh, to meet those elders or whatever. You know, that journey you go through where you have to cross villages and meet other people. Exact same feeling I had when I went to, to deliver cargo. And it was weird. It's, it's really cool. I love would it. Would it be accurate to say that it's like a delivery simulator in a way, too? Or is there? Yeah, but there? there's like not a lot of walking, more like driving, avoiding uh, bandits and mini bosses here and there. And there's ah. a good story, but sometimes there's like awkward writing and cringe, cringy scenes here and there. But Overall, I, I loved it. So basically, Kojima. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the Kojima way. He said basically Kojima. My man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kojima really can be like a genius writer and game designer. But, oh, man, sometimes he just makes the most awkward moments in games. I mean, uh, was there for, for Death Stranding, was there a non-disclosure agreement that early reviewers had to sign or agree to? Or? I think that's The Last of Us. Yeah, that too. I, I mean, the reason I'm thinking why people refer to it as a walking simulator is probably because you see those, in, in most trailers, you see those early game scenes where he's walking and stumbling and what yeah, is it called? I mean, they try to hide most of the fun stuff. There's exactly. Like so all, of... the, all the trailer material and all the screenshots and the magazines and all that look like he's just walking all the time all across the United States. So uh, that would make it feel tedious so <laughs> probably that's where it's coming from exactly i mean there's like a lot of hidden details that i don't want to spoil it just makes the game more yeah, worthwhile 
I think that might be part of the problem too, is that the walking is pretty much the only thing that doesn't spoil a part of the game. <laughs> so that's like basically, <laughs> yeah. So the only, yeah, the only that's part that point. doesn't spoil, spoil the game is just the walking. So of course, you know, you, people, you want people to play the game. So that's all you can show them. And because that's all you can show them, that's all they see. And because that's all they see, that's how they generalize the game. Yeah, and that's why, why I think that maybe people who got the game early for day one reviews maybe had to agree to NDA. So they could only yeah. um, publicly review within the first week of the game's release um, the first half an hour or something like that, similar to what happened to, with uh, The Last of Us Part Two. Yeah. Because that would explain a lot about the game. Probably, yeah, definitely. Um, so... Plebbles, man. I want to hear from you. What have you been playing? Well, recently I've been playing SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. Um, I <laughs> hold on. I'm sorry. It's just I can never get over that name. Yeah, I know. Like I understand. It's just uh, SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. Yeah, it's just. I'm sorry. Mouthful. Continue. It just. Yeah, it just. It's a mouthful. It makes me laugh. <laughs> it's all good. But yeah, no. I just started playing it recently. I picked it up during the summer sale. I did play the original, but I don't remember too much about it. I just remember you could play as the three characters, um, you know, the three main characters, uh, SpongeBob, Patrick, and Sandy. What I like about the game, though, is they take uh, actual locations from the show and they implement them with, like, mission-based structure, if that makes sense. So, like, as you go through the yeah. world, like, the each world, quote-unquote, the level, you could actually help different people and collect the these golden spatulas that you need to progress to other worlds, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm liking it a lot. I play on reviewing it. The one thing I do have kind of, uh, it's interesting to me. It's been remastered, hence the rehydrated. Yeah. Yet there's still so many glitches. Huh. I've been able to find like exploits left and right. And they're not bad exploits. It's just like you could skip like platforming sections by exploiting checkpoints. Like I could jump on a wall and get a checkpoint, then die and then teleport halfway across the <laughs> It's crazy. Are those uh, glitches and exploits the same that were in the in the original game, or are those new? I don't know. I'd have to guess that maybe. I don't remember a lot of them because I don't remember too much of the original game. I remember in one level, um, the, the the very first, uh, the, not the very first, I think it was the second or third one, Goo Lagoon. There's actually, I took a screenshot of it in Re Rehydrated. There's a sand sculpture, like basically in the vein of a, a castle. It's in the shape of an Atari controller. I think that's new. I don't know if that was in the original. And then um, the Poseidome has a lot of extra stuff too that I don't recall. But like I said, my memory is kind of hazy of the original game. And I'm not sure why, because I did play it a lot. It's almost like it's an entirely different game with the graphics, the overhaul and everything. They did a good job overall. But I'm not sure if any of the glitches care. My guess is they didn't bother to fix the glitches and they just revamped, not revamped, uh, basically like gave it new life by improving the graphics and like all that stuff. Because even walls are still just as clunky to jump by. Like you can you can kind of like Skyrim, so to speak, up certain walls like they didn't fix it entirely. I see. Yeah, it's pretty cool, though. I like it overall. I plan on reviewing it. Yeah, looking forward to that review. One other game I played actually was uh, Star Wars The Old Republic. I got back into that. And uh, surprisingly, it's much more fun than I remembered. It's like a very, very upgraded version of Knights of the Old Republic. And I'm not that far in. I'm somewhere around level 20 right now. But um, so far, I've been playing it solo. And it's just as great as, uh, an experience as, like I said, the first two games. So that was a pleasant surprise. 
you know, I actually tried to play that game uh, a couple days ago, and I was actually surprised how much I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Uh, <laughs> the, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be a counterpoint, Meadows, but... Uh, the, the important yeah, I don't question know. now is, uh, did you like the first two games? Yes. Would you still like them going back into them now? Honestly, I don't know. I played it when I was like 12. Ah, I see that. And makes sense. Every, because for me, it every was, game. I, I discovered it was kind of hard to get back into the first game. And the Old Republic is, uh, in a lot of ways, modernized on that. So um, it's easier to, for me to get back into that. Um, but uh, I, I'm, I'm willing to bet that if you had played the Old Republic shortly after playing the first two games, you would have loved it. Probably. I mean, uh, I don't know. Uh, Star Wars: The Knights of the Old Republic One. I, I don't think I played two. I think I only like played one. Man, did that game hook you in? You're like in the starship, and then you're getting invaded, and then you get crash landed on a planet. Like, oh man, I know the gameplay wasn't great, but I'd probably still enjoy it just because of the story. Yeah, makes sense. Like, oh man, those writers really knew how to write a hook. That's true, yeah. And the benefit of that game is that you start as um, a blank slate, basically. So uh, yeah. you're forced into this very intense situation, whereas in The Old Republic, you decide what role you're playing before you start the game. And then. Yeah, I kind of didn't like that because I felt like I was picking an option that I didn't know how it would affect me in the future. Yeah, that makes sense. So I was. Yeah, with the blank slate, it's like you you can choose to be a Jedi later, but you don't have to. And it's based upon like you know what kind of choices have I made? Do I feel like being a Jedi? But here it's like you're a Jedi at the start. And uh, if if you choose to be, yes, um, because that's the thing. You can um, actually influence the the way you play uh, in the Old Republic as well. In many choices that you have in dialogue, that uh, in in some in some instances really influence the gameplay as well. Or rather, the, yeah, I saw of the... the story, but um, you can't. If you if you choose to be a Jedi, you can't then decide to become a bounty hunter, for example. Yeah, exactly. Although I did see like the typical Bioware, um, the Bioware dialogue system, where your options are kind of nod, say something nice, be an awful jerk. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. Um, Dude, awful jerk. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, I see the the perks of both systems, um, and I definitely prefer a system where you have like uh, a ton of different dialogue options, and it's not it's not that obvious that you're being evil just for for evil's sake. But let's be fair: in the Knights of the Old Republic one and two, if you wanted to be a dark side force user, like uh, a Sith, basically. You had to be a very, very much a jerk as well. I mean, yeah, I really liked how Fallout Three did it back in the day. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Just a big old giant list of options, <laughs> and and that list of options increased by uh, could be increased by factors that weren't obvious that you couldn't see. Like if you picked up a certain piece of lore at a certain place that is totally unrelated to the quest, you get a, suddenly get a new dialogue option in mm -hmm. in that convo. That's amazing, but. Or if you're intelligent, oh, good. But the amazing thing I find that really surprised me about the Old, Old Republic, my character is a Sith, and oh, surprise, surprise, <laughs> the Overlord <laughs> is a Sith. <laughs> no, but you still get all the dark side and light side options in in dialogue, and I decided because 
um, playing as a Sith actually gives you a lot more narrative freedom if you want to roleplay, because you're a for former slave who was brought to Corriban and who can either become a, a Sith and save their life or die. So you have to become a Sith, but you don't have to become an asshole. So you can take the light side options all the time and be a light side Sith. On the flip side, you can be a dark side Jedi. So um, you still have all that corruption going on. You can install a red lightsaber crystal. So there is still a lot of that freedom. It's just not quite as free as the original games where you started out as a blank slate. But I really do like the different options. And one other thing I liked uh, even before I played the game was that um, if you're playing with a friend, um, you get to basically take turns in deciding what answer to give. So both players can influence uh, the the course of the interaction of the of the dialogue, which is very interesting. Yeah, it probably would be a lot more fun with friends. And if I remember correctly, the uh, the term for a Jedi who's kind of in the middle ground is a gray Jedi. Yes, um, I think there's a bit more to uh, being a gray Jedi than just being kind of in the middle um according to some pieces of law which isn't canon anymore thanks to kathleen kennedy but it's no! a whole other topic. <laughs> Oof. yeah it's not cool yeah um what have you been playing oh uh so what i've been playing is mostly the review games that i have reviewed this week i got uh three out i think yeah, yeah. three. Oh boy two are negative one is positive <laughs> which one do you want first uh we should start with the positivity first. I think. Oh, okay, positivity. Flubbles is the kind of guy who wants the good news first. <laughs> uh, so the positive review I gave this week from the game I played was called Traveler's Rest. And honestly, it's really the best tavern management game anywhere, probably. Mm -hmm. uh, I've, I've tried a lot of tycoon games that have either had tavern elements or you know there are a couple out there that are tavern based but they don't really seem to be as good i mean traveler's rest it's just got this really smooth progression system where you have reputation levels and every time you like serve a customer and they're happy about it they leave and give you positive reputation and that steadily increases the amount of mechanics you can uh, play with. So there's Yelp like in the first, game. There's what in the game? Yelp. Yelp. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That is the yeah, best way to put it. Yeah. I I will tell you the best way to lose um best way to lose reputation I found is to uh, leave the fireplace off in like 10 degrees Celsius weather. <laughs> wow. Aka like 10 degrees Fahrenheit. I mean it's not that cold, but you know the game tells you it's pretty cold yeah so if you don't start the fireplace then you've got to um figure out how to make them happy <laughs> but i just think it was really in, what was also really engaging is i mean a lot of tycoon games sort of the end goal of the tycoon game is to automate everything so you sit there and watch and don't have to do anything anymore mm -hmm. um but i was really happy to find that even though I had, you know, I had a bartender and a busboy, you know, running the front of my bar, I still had to like, I still had to go plant plants to get, you know, cheap ingredients. Mm. I still had to do the whole brewing process myself. So while I did give up, obviously, kind of the more tedious tasks, you know, I, I was able to focus on other things and I never really got bored, uh, though there is only about 
10 hours of content in it right now so uh, not not a ton but I'm, I'm really hopeful for the future yeah it's early access so that's promising at the very least if you had fun with it already in its current state plus it's also nice that it requires um some type of interaction from you throughout the game even after you've uh, automated the most uh most um tedious tasks that's actually pretty nice yeah i agree yeah i think that uh the that people who really 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 wanted a tavern sim honestly they could probably get way more time out of it but i just hit the uh about 10 hour mark and that's about when i hit the uh reputation level 10 and i just stopped getting reputation because i don't think there was anything after that so oh i see when, but it is when i heard that you were reviewing the game i uh, watched the trailer and some ex aspects like the the farming obviously reminded me a bit of stardew valley would you say that it feels similar in a way um in a sense it's like a really basic stardew valley you have to you know put the put the plots down and then you have to plant the seeds but you only have to wait like three days and once you plant the seeds you don't have to do anything to them they just grow oh, i see you don't have to water. yeah you don't have to water them you don't have to weed them or anything like that yeah no it's just uh it's just to set it and forget it honestly one of the one of my favorite parts was uh one of the reputation levels you get later in the game uh is you can start renting out rooms Ooh. and yeah that really made it feel like a tavern and not only that yeah i saw that in the trailer and you have to make the beds and yeah, all that awesome. right yes yes you do yeah you've got to make all the beds and stuff and you can also like haggle the price with the adventurers and they'll like leave if you try to haggle too hard hmm. um but you know you can upgrade your haggling skill <laughs> so game with a haggling so skill 10 out of 10 <laughs> Yeah, honestly, yeah, it's it's pretty fun and really does engage you with, you know, just the whole tavern ambiance and just immersion. Although I do wish the enchanted broom, which sweeps up after the dirt stains on the floor and the bar, uh, currently worked upstairs in the uh, rooms you rent. Because, man, it's a pain when you have like six people who are really, really messy because it's randomized how much mess they make. Oh man, you have to you have to sit up there for the in-game equivalent of like three hours just mopping. I mean, I'm exaggerating, but still, yeah, it can take a bit to mop. <laughs> um, you just mentioned um, adventurers. Are all your guests adventurers in this game? Uh, so there are there do seem to be adventurers, uh, but honestly, there isn't a lot to do with them yet. Oh, I see. That's, I really... that's what I was going to ask if that factors in in any way. So basically, yeah, honest. You're you're um, managing one of those taverns that you would visit in an RPG to just buy some um, potions and spend the night, and then leave. Yeah, pretty much. Ah, I see. Though I would really love to see it um, explore more of the uh, adventure. Maybe maybe either because um, currently you can only sell foods and beers, but selling like adventure gear would be pretty fun. Maybe oh, yeah, some blacksmithing. Yeah, blacksmithing would be kind of fun, or like yeah. hiring a blacksmith. Mm -hmm. That would be kind uh, of Because there's already like blacks, not blacksmith crafting, but there's already kind of like crafting. Like it's kind of expensive to buy your tape, buy tables. Um, but through XP you gain, you can, or, or yeah, a different kind of XP. Mm -hmm. uh, you can research recipes for like tables and stuff, and then you can just craft them uh, yourself, which is way cheaper because you can buy logs in bulk. You can get like 50 logs for like a gold, whereas like a table costs like five gold by itself. 
and you can probably get like four tables out of uh, out of that log because you can just continue processing into planks and stuff. Interesting. So it's definitely there, or like maybe add a turn-based system where like you can uh, quote unquote commission a an adventurer's party to go get you like adventure supplies like maybe the uh you know how you like in in our old rpgs uh, like you would always go to the tavern yeah and one of the first quests is always like go get me the healing roots that'd be cool if you could Coach be like a quest giver. that'd be cool if you could do yeah, it's yeah. either directly before or directly after kill the rats in the in the wine cellar yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it depends on which game uh and so i would love to either just like commission them and like get materials that way or like maybe have a slightly turn-based uh rpg sort of version where like you can uh you know commission them and then you get to fight battles with them but i mean that's kind of a lot of systems for the developer to code so i don't know if you would really want to go that direction it would be amazing if you could have like uh, a quest board where you can post wacky quests that you can define yourself and um you invest money by by paying the adventurer that completes the quest but your tavern also gains more reputation or something like that yeah i mean there yeah there already is kind of a system like that already uh it's called the orders board so how you get the skill-based XP is um, what you have to do is also to keep the game interesting. So you're not just making like some most expensive wine every single time is to get the skill XP. You have to fulfill orders. There are three available each day on the board and they ask for a specific item with a specific modifier and you have to provide that to them. And then you can get like lots of XP. Like uh, and usually the the amount of XP is based upon how complex the item is. So like white wine, which make so white wine, you have to grind up the grapes in your grinder, um, and then you have to transfer that over to like your um, your wort slash like good old bacterial filled but, uh, beer maker. I'm 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 confused. I thought you didn't like grinding in games. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Plot twist. Oh man, man, this what a dad joke, man. Seriously, <laughs> I thought you didn't like grinding, son. Uh, but that was. Are good, you winning? Honestly. That was good. <laughs> Are you winning? <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, man, and um, yeah, and then you got to take that w- grape juice and throw it in your your brew a fire to let it steep which is actually the longest of any alcohol and then you can throw it in there you get like 120 xp for it mm. so you know the order system is already in place it could be expanded and i really love to see that i see um right. most important question for me is can you name your tavern or is traveler's rest the name of the of the inn um i'm pretty sure the name of the inn is traveler's rest ah. i don't remember there being an option to name it. that's a shame you, yeah. yeah it is a bit of a shame because that'd be cool. Like if you could buy a big old sign and tack it up on, you know, and on the front of it, and it shows like whatever name you put. TFX's uh, digital biscuit, uh, biscuit, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Okay. Oh gosh. And then, and then it would have subtext free, free for everyone, winky face, <laughs> or something like that. You know, that that would be kind of funny. Oh. Um, <laughs> now, which of the which of the two negative ones do you want to hear about? Uh, baller, 
What? This, the, which Monster one? Monster Crown interests me more. Yes. Oh, Monster Crown? Yeah. Okay, That's so basically Monster... monster there. Pikachu-looking <laughs> monster. Uh, so basically how Monster Crown works is... Um, so it's just some... It's like a monster-catching game. It's got a lot of similarities with, like, Pokemon Gold, if any of you are old enough to remember that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm way too young for that. Old Boy Squad. <laughs> old Squad. Oh, yeah, don't lie, Menos. I'm only 33. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm younger than Menos. Nice. <laughs> I feel so much oh, better. Man. I'm glad I could make you oh. day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that, that just sounded so much like one of, like, you know, old person saying, like, I'm only 62. <laughs> I'm in my golden years, years or something. Like that. You take me. I'm 97. I'm too young to die. <laughs> oh man. Oh yeah. tangents. Anyway, back to Monster Crowd. Yes. So it's a monster battler. You take a quick three-question quiz, and it gives you one of five different uh, starter monsters. Oh, interesting. Uh, I got a weird. I don't, a musical note looking thing. Ah, oh, sounds about right. <laughs> Called yeah. like Dark Claw or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like uh, based on the questionnaire, that's what you know. The answers you pick, that's what the um, monster thing you get. Is that how that works? Yeah, um, yeah. And the final uh, choice, like, uh, is this you, the monster you want to pick, or do we want to take the questionnaire again? Uh, yeah, there is there is a, a different pick option. Uh, okay. uh, in case you don't want the edgy dark claw. I was about to say, that would suck if you're like, oh, I don't want this. <laughs> I started out as a yeah, meme, and right. now I gotta stick with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sit through so, dialogue. Go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 this is funny. <laughs> so basically, my first tip-off to the game potentially being disappointing was when the tutorial dad tells you, okay, go level up your monster and grind and don't come back to me until you do. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and I was I like, thanks, I'm really, yeah, I'm really hoping this is just the tutorial and this isn't going to be a theme in the game. But what a way to start the game. <laughs> but right. yeah, yeah, what a way for the game to start. Like I, I tried everything. I explored everywhere to try and like get past it. So I wouldn't have to just sit there and grind. Uh -huh. But nope, I had to sit there for 30 to 45 minutes. Just uh, running around whacking creatures with my one guy. Oh, that sucks. And, uh, and then if you, if you lost like your HP is, on your... Uh, does it mean that's before you get the option to catch those monsters? Uh, thankfully, you do have the opportunity to catch the monsters, but there's only like three in the starting area. So <laughs> amazing! In about five minutes, you'll have them all. Right. And uh, and then you're just bored. Uh, so then eventually you will. Um, eventually, you'll just get past that after grinding a bit. And every time your uh, creature like dies, you have to run back upstairs to the uh, second floor where your bedroom is, just like in the Pokemon games. Except for some reason, every time you enter a building, the game hangs for like two seconds before it detects any inputs. Wait, is, uh, is, is that so, game oh, wow. early access? I, I sure Yes, no. it is, oh, thankfully. <laughs> oh, thankfully, yes. Yes. Yeah, I that don't know why it. it hangs for like two seconds. Uh, and then finally, you get to go out in the world, mm -hmm. and, and then... 
you just run around, you get to the next town, and that was kind of fun. Uh, but then you get to the first boss, and know this, I don't like grinding, so I didn't. I just kept running, and you know, I, I, it's not like I avoided monsters, like I fought them if they ran into me, mm. but I didn't like seek them out. Right, I understand. Um, and I get to the first boss, and it was okay. Uh, it hit it, you know, the game had hinted that I have to hit it with poison essentially. Uh, so I did, and it was a tough battle, but it was fun. But it was like six levels above my my party, and the problem oh, was was that yeah, my my main guy because I I had to grind him was like le- and I got him at like level six. He was like now level ten, but like I had like a level two monster even with the exp share in my party. Oh God, so, my so yeah, it was <laughs> damn yeah, like wow. Yeah, so, so no way around excessive grinding. No, so I mean, there are yeah, and there are optional bosses which are like level thirty-five. Like the first optional <laughs> boss yeah. I found right. was like level thirty-five, and I was like level eight. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> right. So, good. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, like you run around the town, and there's this awful story. Uh, uh spoiler alert, in case you want to pl- play the game. Um. So the the dad the reason you're supposed to be going from the this tutorial area to the first town is because you've got to talk to his fisherman friend to get a pearl to give to the king, uh, which doesn't make sense later on. But um, so you find out this town recently dug into a cave and found out that the cave is full of precious resources and. You know, there's like a, a silver-tongued like trickster in the town that everyone hates um, because he's like he gets away with stuff. And so basically, you're so rival. no, no, he's just some old dude. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just some old dude. And uh, and then you, what happens is, so you do some stuff, you beat some thugs, uh, and you reveal to the town that. Uh, he he's going to steal the rights to all the resources in the cave after it's been dug out, and like the townspeople turn on him and threaten to kill him. So Jeez. I mean, it's not, not kill him, but like like beat him up. Oh, okay. So oh, a little more reasonable. I was about to say, like, wow, you're gonna like you could not like a silver tongue person. You don't gotta kill him over. <laughs> and then uh, I mean, he was, apparently was pretty awful in the history of being awful and tricking people out of their money. Oh, well, then, yeah, um, that's the case. Yeah. And uh, so earlier on, you met the fisherman, but he didn't tell you about the pearl. So, like, I was really confused. So then I so then the uh, townspeople chase him out of town and he gets in the boat that the fisherman had left. And he rides onto this lake where there are like these ethereal, like Lapras looking monsters. They look sort of like Nessie. Hmm. And then, and then they, they drag his boat down underwater and a blood pool starts floating to the top. (laughs) That's a plot twist. Yeah. Like I was, I was intrigued. I was, I was intrigued, but my issue is you go back to the village and everyone's like, the weather's nice today. Not even acknowledging what happened. (laughs) Yeah, like the mayor, yeah. like the mayor before and after is just like, I'm tired. Go talk to my assistant. It's like a man has been brutally murdered by monsters. <laughs> like there's no memorial. There's no gravestone. It's just like, well, that's a thing that right, happens. I sure hate that guy. <laughs> yeah. So then you eventually, better. I know it. 
I know I'm kind of rambling about this, but I'm kind of just retelling the major points that made me dislike it. Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, so yeah, no, which is definitely understandable. I'm having a blast. So then you, oh, well, thank you, Plovel. <laughs> then you go into the cave, and in the cave, you see rope bridges, but it turns out the rope bridges have the rope broken, so you can't actually cross them. So after running around for about an hour and getting incredibly frustrated, and this was a couple days after I had just given up because I thought I had finished the beta, uh, I accidentally bump into a rock that looks exactly like all the other rocks, and it releases a level of water that makes the bridge float. Oh, moon logic. We talked about that last week. (laughs) Yes. And, okay, and you don't have to do this once. You have to do this three times. (laughs) Oh, my God. Until the water is at a level where you can cross the bridge. So, so I do that and I cross the bridge and, you know, I'm back on my adventure. Hooray. So after uh, the first time you were bumping into every rock you could find to figure out which oh, one. Yeah, wow. yeah. <laughs> I was running into every rock. Amazing. Because, because I was like, one of these has to be the one that activates the thing. Just outside looking in, they're like, is that man okay? <laughs> yeah. yeah, honestly. Uh, yeah, so I eventually crossed the bridges, and uh, and then I got to this the second town, uh, which was okay. It was not great, um, but then you eventually get the ability to fly to previous cities, which was pretty awesome, mm. and to swap your monsters around because the ones you catch are. Um, the ones you catch are sent directly to your box if you have more than eight of them. Oh, nice. Uh, like, like in Pokemon, but, the, but with eight. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, definitely like in Pokemon. But the problem is, is to, when you have to, first of all, you have to talk to a bird, <laughs> which takes like two seconds. Talk to a bird. And then the bird does like a five second animation every time. And, and so like if you just want to sw- if you like make a mistake and press b you have to watch the same flying <laughs> animation again every time oh, man. and 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 then once like if you're traveling by flight to a different zone um the map was really like inconsistent like there's no targeting reticle like in pokemon when you fly mm-hmm. so like even if my bird if i placed like my bird icon over the town i wanted to go to yeah it sometimes wouldn't register and sometimes i'd have to like go like two feet away from the town just to get it and then uh, it would pick up the name yeah yeah oh and that's on top of the fact that oh by the way you're battling all the time with these random monsters that you find and it costs money to heal your poke your monsters in town that's a bad there's a reason pokemon doesn't do that it's a bad idea and you don't get money. You don't get money frequently enough. So, so what? You just basically wall, and you can't do anything if you run out of money and your Pokemon so, are dead. So what you have to do that. is, if you, yeah, if basically all your monsters are dying, you have to run all the way back to the farm and uh, heal for free in your bed. Oh my god! So that tedious. and then that sounds like it's it needs some polish. Yeah, that, that definitely <laughs> and, needs and, and DLC he, too. Yeah, and I mean, and they're like these healer guys in like every town, uh-huh. and, but they still cost like fifteen dollars. So to actually, but once you get the ability, I was like, okay, I got the ability to fly. I can fly back to my farm, but no, it's like five seconds to fly into the air, 
And then it takes me like five seconds to get the map to actually register that I want to go to the farm. Oh and, then, and then you get, then it takes like two seconds for the landing animation. And then it takes you like a second to get in the house, but then the game stalls for two seconds because you entered a building. Gadget, I got it. And say. then you walk up. I got it. And you walk I, up. I feel your pain okay, right what's now, up I don't mean to interrupt you, but yeah. I, I feel your pain right now. This game just sounds. <laughs> not only does it sound like it's terrible, okay, and it's an absolute chore to play. It sounds like a lot of your playtime in this game is racked up to, for a lack of better word, artificial gameplay. Because most of it is yeah, you basically. actually play. You, most of it is you waiting for this, that, and the third. <laughs> yeah, basically. So and then you then you walk up to the bed, and you and which and it hangs again for two seconds. And then you do the bed animation, which takes a second. And then you go downstairs, which takes two seconds. And then you run out of the building, which takes two seconds. <laughs> and then you do the flying animation, which takes five seconds. And then you do the map, which takes three seconds, so that you can go back to the town that you were just at, which takes another two seconds for your bird to land. Take a shot, uh, take a shot <laughs> so every time you guys says uh, second. <laughs> you've, just, you've just spent three minutes trying to get to a free Pokemon Center. And it is so frustrating. <laughs> And then, and then, okay. So you finally get your guys kind of strong, and you don't have a problem with um, the monsters. And I will say this: here's a positive: the monster catching system is actually not that bad. It's actually pretty good. I like it better than Pokemon. In Pokemon, there's an insane formula you have to calculate for your chances to get to po uh, if you're going to catch the Pokemon. Oh yeah. Uh, the way that Monster Crown works is basically if for each 25% of health the monster is missing and for each level higher you are to the monster you're battling mm -hmm. you get one point point. Wow. and there's a maximum of five points and every point adds a 20 percent chance to catch the oh, monster that's amazing so i mean my small brain could, <laughs> could actually do the calculations there I, of, yeah i got it that's actually pretty that's that's probably the only good thing I've heard so far come out of your mouth about this. Because that's simplistic, and it sounds like something that doesn't require you to have an immense amount of knowledge about the game to actually do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. That actually does sound better mm -hmm. than in the Pokemon games, because going back into the very early areas of the game in Pokemon, um, you could actually one-shot the pokemon you wanted to catch but unless you hit them you can catch them so in this yeah. game if you're vastly over leveled uh -huh. you can just catch them and that's it yeah yeah okay so i'll, I'll continue my monster crown tale so i more I'm, I'm like actually <laughs> after i finally get like a decent party uh -huh. i'm like okay so what happens is you get to the second town and you meet some nice guy a couple times during your journey and then all of a sudden, some girl who is very red shows up with some titanic monster and then, like, battles you uh -huh. and beats you in one shot because this monster is, like, level 200. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then you get stuffed into a truck by her goons. Oh. And then you, have a, then you have a philosophical conversation about what power is. What is this game? Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. And and, and 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 how she wants to be powerful, but she's hiring thugs to do her her dirty work. And then you get beaten up by her monster, like tortured, while she she like tries to get you to like talk about 
like like this nice guy is actually like some super trainer or something like that and so like she's trying to get information out of him so she starts torturing the player character and then eventually like this super trainer like his bird just decides to show up and save you guys by like punching a hole into the side of the truck or something like while they're sleeping (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then he just flies you away. Yeah, dude, I feel like the way you're explaining the story makes the way you're explaining the story sounds better than than if I were to actually play the game and experience the story from the game. And it's it's got like three heads and it's like it looks super edgy, but the funniest thing is it's it's got like butt jets or something like that. <laughs> Like this what? fire coming out of the back of the bird, <laughs> which was really confusing. That also sounds like something made by Kojima. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. Um, and then you fire. just, yeah. <laughs> and so then you're back in the second village again, and you can finally continue your quest to give this pearl to the king, even though I don't remember getting the pearl. Like, like in Pokemon, when you get a key item, it's like, boop, 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 like, and then it shows you a picture of the item you got, but I never got that. So I thought I, the reason I finished the, the beta earlier was because I never thought I got the pearl. It turns out I just happened to be handed it at some point, even though never, it was never mentioned. Oh, so anyway, actually, yeah. I'm, I'm back on track. The King's town is the third town. It's right above me. And I'm running up to the town. And what shows up, but there's a boss in the middle of the road, and there's this super trainer guy, a different super trainer guy, and I'm like, yo, can you help me get him out of the road? And he's like, nope, it's your problem now, kid, even though you're 14 years old, and I am like 50, and have a creature that's probably like three times the level yours is. <laughs> like, sorry, kid, so, nothing personal. <laughs> Yeah, I try to progress. I try to progress and I can't. So I fly to every town and I find out randomly that I flew back to my family's farm and I talk to my mom and my mom in the game tells me how to use this Pokemon superpower where every time you like switch a Pokemon out or not Pokemon, it's monsters, excuse me. Every time you switch out a monster, you get like one extra like power bar. So and then like once you have four power bar, you do, you can like use an attack and it like has a hundred times power. Um, hmm. So then I of course flew back to the boss battle. And so I'm trying to fight this boss, except it's 10 levels above me. And mind you, I'm, I'm not grinding, but I'm also not avoiding battles. Cause like I, I'm, I'm trying to catch Pokemon or hmm. monsters in this case. So like I'm, I'm still actively fighting. Right. And it just one shots all my creatures. God. Like I'm, I'm, tr- like I'm trying to disrupt it from building this bar, uh-huh. except I'm trying to build my own bar. And every time I switch out for a creature, it just one shots it. Oh jeez! So basically, no so matter what, then I was, yeah. Oh, that's the part that the developer <laughs> was talking to you about in the comment. Yeah, yeah, and that. So then I, I just was kind of fed up, huh. but I knew I had to finish it because. I was A, determined, and B, I wanted to review this game. So what I did was I started fighting with trainers that I randomly found. And they gave... One of the big problems is that this game does not give nearly enough XP for monsters. Like, it takes you, like, 50 XP to level up. And on average, each monster gave me three. Oh, man, that's tedious. Damn. 
Yeah. Yeah. So fighting so a tedious. so fighting a trainer gave me 14 XP, and I found a couple trainers. You know, every time you leave the area, the trainers are sort of randomized from what appears to be a pool. Mm -hmm. But I realized that's actually better than in the Pokemon games, where once you fight them, they're done. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but, but what I realized is that you can fight them infinitely, mm -hmm. and you get the most XP out of fighting them. And also, if you find the right trainer who's weak against my strongest monster, it'll just one-shot them all. So you could just so what I did, abuse that, right? Just constantly refight him? So I tried to refight him for three hours and grew three levels, Damn. which was very frustrating. That's, yeah. <laughs> but what I realized during my experimentation is that the trainers all have a written program to do specific moves and uh, Pokemon or monster switches at, at certain times. So what I did is I set up a macro that I recorded <laughs> and I made it battle the same trainer for eight hours. That's, that's clever, oh, though. I gotta shit. give you that. I gotta give you that, guys. It's clever. Well, he was desperate at that point. <laughs> so by then, because it was so efficient, I had raised myself to level 80, whereupon I ran to the north, beat the boss, um, and talked to the king. And the king is like, oh, cool, a pearl. By the way, <laughs> just completely like disregards it. And it's like, oh, by the way, your dad was like a freedom fighter. And, and the kingdom that you grew up with is actually like the revolution <laughs> after we like guillotined all the previous leaders. <laughs> And, like, your dad was, like, a better person, and I wish he was the king instead of me, because he was awesome. Man, this game uh, is just everywhere. <laughs> this game yeah. can't pick a point and stick with it. it just goes so in the context of the story, yeah, uh, why and, does and, he decide to suddenly dump that exposition onto you? Who knows? Because, like, you give him the pearl, and you're like, yo, my dad told me to give you this. And he's like... Cool. Did you know your dad was like a hyper rebel freedom fighter? And I'm like, no, like no, like, I like nah, man. Look, I, I, I'm just doing what my dad told me. You know, you have to do all that. I just wanted to give you this. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then, then he's like, yo, you know what? I haven't seen your dad in like ten years. Let why don't you travel with me, a fifty year old man and a fourteen year old boy, in a cart for like go three wrong? days. Back to your family's <laughs> right. Back to your family's farm, so I can visit him again. So you get back to the family farm. Your dad is like, "Oh, uh, he was too young. I didn't want to tell him." Uh, and and your the king is like, "Yo, this boy will pee." But then your dad gets kidnapped <laughs> by some creature, some monster, what? and then then you have to go to this creepy forest. Uh huh. Uh, because the king uh, gives you a canoe. Um, are you are you there when <laughs> you're there? So you can, you can <laughs> and you're level eighty yes. at that point, and you're thinking yeah, to yourself, oh, "I could I could take those monsters out in, in a second. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah. So like this creepy forest can only be accessed by a waterway. So the king just happened to pack a canoe. And hands you a canoe that you somehow carry through the entire game now. Uh, and, and then you get to the forest. Mm -hmm. And I'm level 80. <laughs> so even if I wanted to capture the monsters, it doesn't matter. <laughs> because I just 
run through all of the monsters and and then i get to the final monster and it's like some creepy like it's like a plant monster except it's got like a kid-shaped like tongue and this like kid-shaped tongue has been like taunting you throughout the entire forest and and then yeah and then you beat the thing and you bring your dad back and he's like ow ow okay i'm okay now and the king is like cool good job and then this girl who was sort who like shows up maybe she was on the journey with you or something she like wants to be like a pro monster tamer or something like that and she's like i want to stay at the farm because he's cool (laughs) and you're like okay and that kind of that unlocks the monster breeding kind of way too late in the story yeah, at that point you don't want to uh, you don't want to grind again or wait and, and get a gun. Okay, no listen to this listen to this so oh, the man. crossbreeding is kind of cool there's 200 base monsters you can collect oh. and there are five types in the game and so you put down a first monster to you know so that your kid monster can inherit the stats and like the second monster is like move slash type and then they like fuse and you get like a new monster based upon the type with its own unique art based on the type of the second monster. That's cool. That actually reminds me of an old um, PlayStation game called Jade Cocoon. Yeah, yeah. So it's really awesome, except the monsters come out at level like four. All right. So <laughs> back to the grinding. I've, I've already told you. Yeah, that's what I was just what saying. Like to try. Yeah, I kind of figured what that would be a low level and you'd have to grind it. What what it's like to try and and grind in this game and then the then the beta is over so wait you you get the the breeding and then the game ends i mean i was because you know we're reviewers i was given like the beta Mm -hmm. so like yeah that's where the beta ends so if i if (laughs) the reason i gave the story like a two i'm sorry the game length like a two in my review specifically is because if you took out all the padding, the game lasts like three hours. Yeah. The, artist <laughs> the only <gameplay>. reason <laughs> the only reason it took me like 13 hours is because I spent eight of those hours grinding, <laughs> setting up a macro and grinding it overnight. And I spent two of those hours uh, trying to find the stupid rock. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't forget about all the extra time you spent having to travel, wait for the input delay to end so you can actually start to exactly. walk, et cetera, so on and so forth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I know that was like 20 minutes of me rambling on. No. But it's... I, I felt like I needed to... Now that yeah, you said how sorry, it was, I can't cut anything out, so... <laughs> yeah, like, now they're... Like, I just felt like I needed to justify myself <laughs> because... It was a funny story. I don't, I, I don't know why you did a negative <laughs> review because it sounds hilarious. Oh, it's yeah, it's hilarious to listen to. It's not hilarious to play. Oh, sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If you felt the need um, to go through the work to make a macro to grind, I feel like yeah, that is definitely a terrible experience because I've never once thought of that, and I don't like grinding either. <laughs> it was more energy efficient for me to set up a macro <laughs> than it was for me to actually play the game. <laughs> and my god yeah i just felt like i had to um sort of justify myself Mm. considering like my my review is like number one currently uh, at the time of this recording on steam Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and every it's just behind it is just a wall of positives. So I'm like, did I miss something? Am I am I the wrong, one wrong who's wrong here? And it is somewhat more reassuring to hear from other people that yeah, that sounds like garbage. And I, again, it's not a garbage game. I really hope like it gets polished up and fixed because right. I, I there's like something really great there, especially the monster brooding. Mm-hmm. But as it is, it is just not fun. Yeah, like the ideas that you've described and like the mechanics that you've ex- described as well. It does sound like you could do something like they could do something to make it more fun. Just as it stands, it sounds like more of a chore than it actually is fun to play. <laughs> yeah, and that's not good. And I think your hope that it will get better down the line is basically what inspired a lot of those positive reviews because they're thinking like, yeah. wow, a Pokemon, Pokemon game for PC. I mean, it's not like it's the only one out there, but they're still kind of rare. So yeah, I guess it's a bit of nostalgia. Like I want to get back into Pokemon, but I don't want to buy a Nintendo system mm. of any sort. And um, this has all the potential, but if we now review bomb it, it won't get where it can be. So maybe yeah. that plays did into I, it. T- sure. TFX, did I, ki- did I kill TFX with my rambling? No, I'm still here. Listening. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was one of the two negative reviews. The audio, the second one. Is it shorter? <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of scared, yes. but yes, I want to hear. <laughs> uh, so this one was a battle arena. Uh, it, it was like a twin stick shooter, but it was melee. Mm-hmm. And the game boils down to hold attack button while running away. Uh, it takes about six and a half hours to beat. They're lame mini games. Uh, that try to pad out the experience, uh, and that's about it. It's that one's actually doesn't seem very redeemable without major um, changes. I think it's an early yeah. access, right? Uh, no, that ball one is not. Uh, that is a release product. Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> wow. oof. So, yeah, honestly, I was uh, so, I was a little disappointed. Yeah. So you're saying that you feel there's pretty much no hope of it getting any any better. Yeah, I oh, mean, uh, realistically. Yeah. Yeah, realistically, it feels like the game is the game, and it's probably not going to do much, which I feel bad about. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I, you know, there's nothing really I can do about it, unfortunately. Well, yeah, no, I understand. I was just curious if, like, you know, kind of continuing off of that uh, TFX's question about it being early access, I was just wondering, you know, maybe there could be. Because I don't think very many reviews exist for the game, if I'm not mistaken. It is mine, and some guy with about an hour and 20 minutes has posted his review, <laughs> positive review for the game. Oh, jeez. Amazing. So, yes. So, okay. I, dude, I even, have this, I even have this screenshot. I have a screenshot of, of the game saying, hey, you beat it. And I did. It took me about six and a half hours. And it's a $15 game. Wow. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's robbery. Yeah, so that is yeah, highly robbery if I've ever seen it. It was my first poor value uh, assessment. <laughs> um, Plebels, um, it's not on the curator, but do you want to maybe talk about Shante? Shante? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, Shante and the Pirates Curse. Um, I just recently reviewed, it, like you said, it's really good. It's a two D platforming game. I spe- I especially liked it because um, like. It's 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 like a traditional 2D platformer you would expect from like maybe the um, maybe like the Nintendo 64 time, but like the controls are much better, and I also like the way the art style, the way they present the art style, the animations, uh, the sprite work is also really good. But essentially, I'm, I'm kind of getting off topic. The goal of the game is to traverse through 
the entire uh, local area of um, a town called Scuttletown. And I, I find it really cute that you're saying that you're getting off off topic after that Monster Crown tirade we just listened <laughs> <laughs> to. Honestly, yeah. Like I don't know how you guys sat through that, but again, I just had to. You just had to get that off my chest. Well, Plubbles I mean, yeah. Really, really humble. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Plubbles is amazing. Oh, oh thank you. Aw, I feel good now. <laughs> but yeah. So. Yay. <laughs> Huzzah. But yeah, so in the game, I like that um, the story essentially, in a nutshell, is uh, the Pirate King is going to be resurrected, and Shantae joins one of her former um, enemies, I guess you could say frenemies, to try to stop the Pirate King's resurrection. Uh, I never played the older games, but in my assessment, you don't really need to play the older games to get an idea of, because there's a lot of reoccurring characters, but there's so much, I like the way that they wrote it, because there's so much character development that at the end of the day, you don't really need. It's nice to have, but you don't need the context of the older games to kind of formulate an opinion about how the characters have evolved. And most of them have evolved for the better. Even the you know former enemy of Shantae, by the end of the game, it's actually one of the quotes, the quote that I used for my review. Even she kind of like starts to like Shantae. So Shantae is one of those protagonists where she has no problems like just being herself, and she even turns the evilest of people, like she sways them a little bit. Because uh, Shantae's um, friend of me, Risky Boots, that's her name, she is still obviously, she acknowledges she's a bad person, but she's also like kind of hinting that she's okay and she likes Shantae. So I like the way that the story's constructed. It's really good. Interesting. The, Sounds good. Yeah, and the gameplay is pretty solid as well. I've had no issues with the controls. Fun fact, I had a very hard time coming up with cons for the game. Because I really didn't have any problems at all with the game. Yeah, I was having a similar problem with my journey review. And then I decided to just take the one point you could um, view as negatively and uh, turn it to a neutral point. I saw that, yeah. That's that's yeah, probably the best way I to would, do it. I didn't even think of that. I would definitely say Plubbles. Um, yeah, I would agree starting off with that one. I played uh, not its predecessor, not the one on Game Boy Color, mm. but the uh, the first one on PC. And I have to say that one, it was really, really pretty rough. Uh. Um, it didn't give you a lot of direction, um, but the gameplay was pretty good. But yeah, if the story is good, that was really what was lacking in the first. And if they refined that like direction and uh, the gameplay, then it sounds like it's probably a great game. Yeah, I, I, w- I would say it's a pretty good game because... I'm keep in mind I've never played any other, you know, in fact somebody in the server, my cousin actually, he recommended I actually play Shantae and the Pirate's Curse. I went into it without any experience with the older games, but I guess the only thing I do know and it's only because I talked to my cousin, he said in the older games they were kind of different because not not just the story, you were like a full genie, like Shantae's a full genie in Pirate's Curse. She doesn't actually have her genie powers. So even the gameplay is, yeah, slightly different, at least from what I gather. So, I mean, you know, if you do want to try Shantae's in the Pirate's Curse, you might actually like it. It's pretty good, at least in my opinion, because, yeah, the platform is solid now. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to take a look at it. Uh, so <laughs> I know it's been a bit of a bit, especially after that monster crown, uh, s- story rants. I don't really know what to define it as. Uh, we got some gaming news to talk about it, for what it's worth though. I did enjoy the rant about monster crown. 
mostly yeah, because of the oh, fact. Well, thank you. Yeah, mostly because of the fact that you explained and justified why you feel the game <laughs> is as bad as it is, but also because like <laughs> we were able to explore a lot of the features of the game, and like Manos did, and Manos pointed out, he actually said, you know, a good point. Maybe a lot of people are hoping for, you know, that uh, breakthrough esque Pokemon game. But again, I'm I'm ranting as well. You go ahead. Yeah. Uh, just a quick note before we move on. Uh, if you're looking for a good Pokemon game on PC, check out Nexomon. Nexomon's mm-hmm. fun. Didn't require grinding. The sequel's coming out with like 800 Pokemon to catch. Jeez. It's yeah, it's good. It's really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can attest to that. Uh, Honestly, you, worth you, worthwhile. You can notice in some areas of the game that it's a mobile port, but it still works yeah. really fine. And uh, yeah, like you said, there's not a lot of grinding. Yeah, and if you mm-hmm. after the after the success of the PC port, uh, I think they kind of took the second one in sort of a direction that was mobile because it is coming out of mobile, but mobile, but also like PC focused. Mm. So. I, I think they sort of like learned from their PC port and uh, oh, I see. you know used that information right. to make the second one right to kind of like, like make the second game PC friendly yeah make the make make the second game um, with PC and mobile support in mind just from the ground up so it's actually yeah like, yeah I see yeah so anyway <laughs> back on to the first topic yay uh, the next the next Call of Duty is called Call of Duty Cold War and the reason people know this is because a bag of Doritos was leaked with the partnership uh, information on it. Of, of all things? <laughs> yeah. A bag of Doritos? Yeah, it was a bag of Doritos, yeah. <laughs> sponsored, not sponsored. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe it personally. That's good. Oh, my God. But continue. Oh, but, <laughs> I love yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of in succession to people uh, opening up that red door thing that they found, which showed, like, uh, it's Call of Duty CIA, and it turns out that CIA was like a code name for Cold War. But yeah, I just couldn't believe it. I even saw the picture of it. And yeah, it's a it's a picture of Doritos. Yeah, a picture too. On there. And the next time yeah. some Call of Duty related leak happens in the next couple of weeks or something like that, I'm starting to believe it's deliberate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a deliberate Probably. hype up. <laughs> like, Although it needs advertisement, we're just hyping it up with the leaked photos. <laughs> Now, I don't want to, like, this wasn't on the topic list, but I do want to make people aware of this. Uh, check out your Call of Duty Warzone account, mm-hmm. because apparently they're super easy to hack. Oh. Uh, apparently, all it takes is a few button presses to get uh, to change the email address with no authentication, and, uh, and then that account is stolen. So oh, are you... uh, definitely watch out for that. Oh, are you serious? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, if they, wouldn't it be yeah. just as easy to steal it back then? Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I, I guess. But then I guess you could change the password. I guess the assumption is is that the hacker has taken the password or something. Oh, I see. But apparently it doesn't, like, because the Warzone account is sort of like a sub-account of, like, Origin or something, whatever, Blizzard.net or whatever their service is, mm-hmm. uh, apparently even if your Warzone account is hacked, like, the, like... Uh, higher uh, tier accounts are not hacked. They can work so their way that, up, right? Just through the Warzone account. Yeah, they, yeah thank, thankfully they can't work their way up. It's stuck with oh. the Warzone account. Okay, good. But still, if you've bought stuff in Warzone, don't lose your stuff. Okay. Yeah, I'm about to let a make a good. Pu- not to, I'm about to let a couple of my friends know. But continue. Yeah, make a good password. Make sure. Okay. 
password definitely, one, two, definitely. <laughs> yeah, password <laughs> one, two, password three. Yeah. Passwords, password. <laughs> yeah, plus there are a couple of sites out there that like let you test your passwords uh strength. Just make sure that it's not a shady site, so you're not go putting a password into a fake password zester and then giving away your password. Yeah. Or the password I mean, the password testing site's also a username testing site. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean nowadays browser plugins, and I think some browsers like uh, Chrome, I believe, even out of the box can generate random long passwords for you and store them in the uh, in your Google account mm. securely. So yeah, using so can Firefox, Firefox Master Race. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I'm curious to see if Call of Duty is going to be anything. Oh, I'm sorry, this is Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Uh, this I don't know if it's a spinoff, a sequel. It wasn't really t- t- said. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, considering how people have been generally negatively receiving the latest iterations, yeah, uh, of Black Ops, I I don't know if they w- should have kept the Black Ops moniker in there. Right, might have been better just to try something new. But one game that did very well, and I know Menos is going to have something to say about this, is Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, Sushi. boy. Tsushima. Tsushima. I'm joking. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ghost, Ghost of Tsushima. It's a new PS4 exclusive. Uh, you're a samurai who uses stealth techniques. Well, uh, you can. Menos, I... What? You can. Actually, you have two paths. Like, um, we, okay. we talked about yeah. Knights of the Old Republic. I was going to say... Yeah, I was going to say, Manos, why don't you just explain a little bit about it? Because I have not played this game. I, I haven't played it either. I want to play it. And I was uh, I was eager to talk about those news that it sold quite well because I'm happy about that. But um, I haven't played it yet. I just know a couple of things about it. Um, but yeah, one aspect of the game definitely is the stealth component. Um, but um, that's dishonorable. So you have two ways to go about each encounter, you can either fight honorably, which uh, involves you stepping out in front of the enemies and challenging them to a duel, um, which will cause one of them, the leader basically, to face you in one-to-one combat, uh, which is pretty amazing. And um, I think that for the honorable way and for the dishonorable shadow way, there is uh, there are separate skill trees as well, but you can mix and match them as much as you like, and you can um, for example, start an encounter by weeding out the enemy camp uh, with some stealth and then challenge the rest in honorable combat. and Or you can decide to just go one route uh, or the other to an extreme. Yeah, didn't know that. I'll definitely get it. Cool. Maybe, hopefully it'll one day come to PC, like uh, <laughs> um, what is it? Uh, yeah, 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 that game, which I definitely bought. Um, because I, I don't own a PS4, so I uh, don't get to play it, so maybe someday. Like Bloodborne, Bloodborne, come to PC. Yeah, let's hope. Hopefully, but let's hope's quite a bit. Now I know that TFX is going to be interested in this particular bit of news. Uh, so Kojima, Kojima is yeah. in Koji. Yeah, Kojima. Like I'm listening. I say Ko- Kojima. I'm I see. I say <laughs> Kojima and TFX. Like what? Uh. Kojima is in talks uh, with Junji Ito, a famous uh, horror uh, manga artist, I- I- for a potential collaboration. Now they did sort of. Com- uh, Junji Ito came out with a an update to say like, oh no, no, it may- might not be a game, but or it, you know, it's, it might just be like uh, an art thing. But 
Now, uh, who what, knows? What, you what know? he said is basically that um, they were at a party and Kojima approached him. Um, I don't know if yeah, well, that's was it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, involved or not, but he basically said to him that if I ever decide to make a horror game, I might come to you um, for a collaboration. So it's nothing set in stone, but it definitely sounds no. like he's considering it. But the media took it way too far. <laughs> New game on the horizon. Oh. <laughs> That's kind of disappointing because, uh, man, that'd be like a, a clash of the, the weird, weird uh, sort of minds. Because mm. Kojima's got that like weird, interesting gameplay. Like he made PT, and Junji Ito's got that horrifying art slash story. So I think if they put it together, you'd get like a Silent Hill killer. Yeah. Some of the things Junji Ito did are very disturbing, like Uzumaki. Oh yeah. Yeah, user be uh, listener beware. You know, Junji Ito. Yeah, maybe don't search him because you're gonna get some awful. But um, disturbing. Well, <laughs> well, it was a bit of a bummer to learn that Junji Ito may not be involved. Kojima is definitely thinking about making a horror game. Yeah, I am kind of happy that in the end Kojima sort of left Konami. Yeah, because he's he, he's really Fuck spread on. his wings in terms of creative direction. Yeah. He's already too. working on his second game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does show plebbles. Yeah. So, I also TFX. Like, what have you thought of like Kojima as you know part of this? Because like, I you know I'm just I'm just kind of like joking around just based on like the stuff I've heard. You know, yada yada yada. Like, man, you're like the Kojima lover. So, like, I need to know your <laughs> thoughts on this. I mean, last time I played PT was like four years ago, and yeah, I think it's four. Yeah, four years ago, and still like one. One of the scariest games I have ever played. And the wound is still fresh, you know? I was not getting a Silent Hill game. Because yes. I love Silent Hill. Well, we got yeah. Silent Hill slot machines now. Thanks, Konami. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> machines. Also, yeah, that's a good segue. I didn't put it on the list, but Konami, because it just was very, very recent. Konami just came out with custom-built PCs that are twice as expensive as they should be oh boy and they don't look good at all no it's like what a 2070 super for like three thousand dollars it's like a power bank (laughs) it does look like a power bank you're right i hadn't thought about that (laughs) no real comments on that one i mean is it necessary at this point to comment on that yeah yeah it's true yeah i feel like I feel like there's not much we could really say that hasn't already been said about Konami, honestly. I just really, I'm kind of disappointed because, you know, like, they, man, they used to make, like, great arcade games, man. Like, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. I used to play, like, some of their arcade games, and, oh, man, they were amazing. And even some of their, like, high-level games were amazing, like, when I was younger. And now, man, they're into, they, like, make pachinko machines mm-hmm. and, like make over expensive custom PCs. Yeah. And They're going where the money is. How the mighty have and, fallen. And yeah, and they like publish random indie games. So I don't know. Yeah. They just went from this absolute AAA powerhouse yeah. to like someone no one cares about anymore. Yeah. And I mean yeah they're they're making money, but you know, no one likes them. So it's yeah, yeah. I mean I don't, I don't think that matters to them. No it does not. Yeah, they're making I mean, they're, money, yeah money hand over fist as the you know the idiom goes so uh, yeah, yeah i think th- i think they're gonna cry in their in their money swimming pool you know all the way to the bank <laughs> yeah now this one this next one 
I thought was just kind of interesting personally. Uh, and also sort of like the Konami thing doesn't really uh, sort of have to do with PC gaming, but Nintendo had a huge code leak. Oh. And uh, the, the thing people are really freaking out over is that there was actually uh, unused Luigi assets in Mario 64. Really? Interesting. Yeah, uh some some modders have put put all of them on like the Mario model uh-huh. and it's honestly just Mario in green with orangish hair <laughs> with an L on his chest, but But still. I think it's just yeah, it's yeah. more just that the rumors that like Luigi because like there was this big like kitty playground rumor that like no Luigi is in Mario yeah. 64. L is real. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and uh so it turns out that yes luigi was initially planned to be in mario 64 but was cut at some point it would be interesting to speculate i mean speculate is all we can do but it would be interesting to learn in which way he would have been involved yeah because I, I know that um the ds remake uh had it so that you played as yoshi yeah and during during the levels, you could get hats of Mario, Luigi, and Wario, and they all have their own special abilities, and eventually you would unlock them. So maybe that was more like the direction they kind of wanted to go. Mm. But, um, you know, at the time, it was hardware limitations. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's more or less just because they didn't have the... Like, they had a ton of ideas, but probably didn't have the ability to execute. Kind of like how Resident Evil yeah. had the tank controls. Yeah, they had so many limitations that they had to use what they could, you know, they had to work with what they had. So interestingly enough, uh, the Resident Evil tank controls sort of became just like a, a staple because of how scary they made uh, the game because how terrible it was to control. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? They even used that. Uh, yeah, the way that they used the um, still backgrounds, I can't remember the name, what that's called, pre-generated, something like that. But yeah, they actually used what they had to try to create that immersion and they did a really good job of it. Yeah. I actually yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's the personally. same that the PSX era final fantasy games and other games did. Yes. And it works very yeah. well. It does. Yeah. 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 So besides that, there isn't a lot of news about Nintendo leak. Uh, there's a big, there were, there was a follow-up leak and also a, uh, a big Wii game leak and stuff about that. Like that shows off beta like Wii prototypes and stuff, but other than that, there's it's not a lot to talk about there. I think it just kind of is. Yeah. One thing that isn't interesting to talk about though is uh, Valve just released their first play test button. So basically, uh-huh. what happens is, uh, you know, games used to have to have their own like launcher or something to have like an open beta before they came to Steam. Yeah. But now, but now Valve has obviously with the summer game festival uh introduced and upgraded their demo system but they also now have a button uh on the store i don't remember which particular game it is for uh but it allows for beta access into a game so it's temporary until it uh, releases oh that's interesting hmm. you know yeah, mildly so, so but yeah that's they cool. did with Long yeah, war, I, mean, I think right just 12 what i think they did with total war but they're uh yeah, maybe. I don't remember which game it was. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. It was Total War Elysium, right? That new Hearthstone ripoff yeah. with, with Total War. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Is this the ripoff? <laughs> yeah, it looks exactly like Hearthstone. It's really kind of disappointing. Oh, man. That's a shame. Oh, yeah, I'm seeing that that button right now. Join the Total <laughs> yeah, War Elysium so... playtest request access. 
Yeah, I just thought that was kind of interesting because, you know, it shows that Valve are actually working on things in the background. Just not because... things anyone requested. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of Valve in a nutshell. Mm, yes. That's, they're, like, yeah. they're like, we know what the people want, whether they know it or not. <laughs> and we're just here like, thanks, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. So one thing that I'm not sure anyone asked for was that weird Project Athia uh, trailer, if you'll remember, it was this new Square Enix IP, and it had to do with like the girl who had like plant powers. Uh, the president of Square Enix revealed that it is an open world game. It actually looks amazing, I think. Like the graphics are good, but I really hope it works because, man, we have so many open world copycats at this point. It's just. No, I mean, the gameplay looks amazing too. The bit. Oh, okay. That's good to hear. The bit that I've seen. It actually reminds me of this uh, game project that was in the news, I think, about two years ago. Um, it was basically a game that looks very similar to Final Fantasy XV, but was developed by one guy over two years. Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, what was the name? Um, Is that the Chinese one? Yes, exactly. Uh, Lost Soul Aside. Edge the name. of Eternity? No, Lost Soul Aside. Oh, oh. Did you review that one? No. I, I don't okay, think okay. I don't think it's playable yet. It's just uh, gameplay footage that's been floating around, but it looks really amazing. Oh, okay. I mean, really, the the comparison to Final Fantasy Fifteen is spot on, and from a gameplay perspective, it looks a bit like uh, open world Devil May Cry. Oh, that does sound pretty awesome. Yeah, it does sound pretty cool, though. Definitely. Uh, another game that's currently in production would be Ayuden Chronicle Hundred Heroes. This is a game. Uh, very reminiscent of Squeak Odin from the PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 days, and even has some of the developers on the team. It's on Kickstarter uh, right now. Uh, they've hit a lot of stretch goals already, and currently the base tier costs 38 US dollars. Now, I personally played a decent amount of Squeak Odin, the first one, on PlayStation, or whichever version was on PlayStation, and I thought it was really fun. I also played the. Uh, tier chris version on ds uh and it, i just think it's really cool because there's like a, a what they always advertise is there's 108 party members wow. that you can recruit oh wow yeah that sounds yeah, pretty, that's yeah that sounds pretty neat yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean some of them are more obscure uh-huh. uh so they're kind of like hidden secrets but yeah i think they're uh, <laughs> Is it yeah, of I think, party members <laughs> is it like one of those things where the more uh, like the harder they are to find the better they are type deal Probably. Okay, because it reminds me of a game I played on the PS2 called Radiata Stories. It's a Square Enix uh, game. I don't think... It, very few people I talk to even know know about it. But basically... Yeah, I've not heard of that one, Plubbles. Yeah, I don't think I've heard of it either. Yeah, it's on the PS2. You should look it up if you get a chance. Because it's actually pretty good. I mean, I've never played a Final Fantasy game. You know, I, I know that sounds wow. crazy. I never played a Final Fantasy <gasps> game before. <laughs> but... <laughs> But I do like. Almost get right out of here. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But I, 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 I it looks like it, it kind of reminds me of a couple of the Final Fantasy games that came out around the same time. The reason why I, th- uh, I, what you said it reminded me of the game is because at, there's a time system, so day and night cycle, and throughout the day and night cycle, there are certain events you can do, like you know you can partake in to get people to join you, and the more rare the mm. yeah the more rare the um, NPC is the better they are. And there's oh, like over a hundred of them. Yeah. It's so awesome. 
And I obviously didn't find enough secrets because the last boss took me five hours to, and I was a higher level than him. So <laughs> <laughs> I obviously did not find the best character. <laughs> and I must have spent 80 hours on the game. So, you know, either I'm terrible at it or it's, you know, a little bit challenging. But I had fun with it regardless. <laughs> it sounds amazing, definitely. Yeah, that does sound really good. Especially for I will say, though, yeah, uh, unfortunately, because of the game being uh, the game dev team being set in Japan, uh, they don't take PayPal and they don't take uh, credit cards except for Visa, MasterCard and American Express. So uh, be warned if you want to back it, you have to have one of those three credit cards. Yeah, damn it. Yeah. I know. I, I'm in the same boat, which is kind of disappointing. I'm out. I'm, I'm not American, so that I don't have any credit card at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not really a thing here. Touche. Really? Yeah, huh. touche. Yeah, unfortunately, Kickstarter is kind of an American company, so I yeah. guess they just assume <laughs> yes. you have a credit card. Yeah, most of the time I can get by with PayPal alone. Yeah, I know one, what one of my friends does is he goes to the store and he buys those prepaid uh, credit cards at like the mini mart. Yeah. We, that yeah. are like visas mm. yeah but i don't think it's honestly worthwhile just to back a kickstarter for like 40 bucks because they generally have like taxes or stuff on them yeah makes sense uh, one thing that Ayudan chronicle 100 heroes reminds me of uh, in a way is uh, octopath traveler because of the way it combines yeah, d- 3d graphics with those 2d sprites of the characters yeah definitely mm. yeah it's, it's really it, cool yeah it does honestly and i uh i would back it if it could but yeah, unfortunately same. like i said don't don't take PayPal, and that's yeah, that's how I do things. So, <laughs> oh well, uh, it's doing well enough already. Supposedly, it's supposed to be out in October of 2022. So, if the world hasn't ended by then, uh, yeah, we're gonna cool. have a cool game on our hands. Yeah. <laughs> that's one positive of surviving. You know, that's a goal to survive until 2022. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I I gotta. I gotta survive till October 2022. I've got Ayudin Chronicles 100 Heroes that you know <laughs> to play. I backed it on Kickstarter. <laughs> right, guys. Like, yeah, I bought. Yeah, so I backed it though. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> another uh, another remake though. This one's a little uh, more close to the source material. Is the Destroy All Humans uh, remake or not remake remaster came out on PC. Yes. Uh, back in the good old days, I finished that on PS2. Uh, it's a really good game, uh, though initially critics didn't review it very well. Mm-hmm. But apparently, this the Steam reviews begged to differ. Yes, <laughs> definitely, it's on like ninety-six percent, I believe. Ninety-five. Yeah, it's so insane. Good. Yeah, it's a fantastic game. I've I I haven't played the uh, the Steam version, but I played the uh, original version. Um, my roommate actually has it. So I played it here uh, around 10 years ago, maybe a little bit less. But yeah, um, what initially got me involved with it, honestly, was the um, the, the one guy, the, the, the leader, the leader of the mothership. He has the same voice actor as uh, Invader Zim from the show Invader Zim. Yes, oh, yeah. he does. Yeah. yeah. And Crypto has like the same voice as uh, I think Crypto's like Steve Bloom or something like that. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that, he's pretty famous. Yeah, so that was a good hook, but it's a good game, all right. I really do want to try playing it on Steam now, especially if it's ninety six percent well received. That's impressive. Plus, they included a, a an unfinished level, and they finished it up and polished it. Oh, so you can see uh, never before seen content. Interesting. Um, I will say though that the stealth the stealth mission was pretty terrible, like most stealth missions. Yeah, because you know it's like you're you're an alien 
with a spaceship and all kinds of cool weapons, and then the stealth mission is like, no, you don't get to use any of those. Yeah. Stealth can be very amazing if it's not a forced feature. Yes. The thing is, is that the stealth in the game is pretty good. I mean, you you mind control people so they don't get suspicious, and then you use your, like, hollow projector to look just like other people to get, like, security clearance, but it's always sort of been so, like, fun in, in conjunction. Yeah, it's it's always sort of been like a con- in fun in conjunction with the destruction. So to just have to do it, it took I think it th- took me like two and a half hours to beat that level, and it was not fun. Wow. Oh wow! The, though the story payoff is pretty good, I will say that. At least there's, at least there's uh, something good in the horizon of it. Yeah. That's yeah, definitely. I, I definitely. Speaking of, uh, I just wanted to add something. I was very surprised when the uh, um, when the trailer came out, the one trailer came out for it, and they played Ishville from Ramstein, and he was even lip-syncing it. I was actually really surprised when I saw that. I haven't seen that, but yeah. it sounds amazing. You should. It's so it's so amazing. <laughs> Ish, really. Yeah, it just a... sings along. It's awesome. I'm going to watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really hoping this means that A, we'll get a C, uh, an updated sequel, and B, we'll maybe get a third game. Yes. Because, man, the, th- uh, the third game was like in development uh, purgatory for like eight years and then it was just eventually shelved so it's it's really a shame because it is a great series though i will say the second one is way more disappointing than the first because the second one you have the telekinesis like the first except when you throw people into buildings and they drop 50 feet from the air (laughs) they don't die yeah what is this nonsense (coughs) have humans evolved against aliens (laughs) yeah like it was really frustrating (laughs) it was really frustrating because it felt like like they were trying to get like a T on the rating board or something. Uh-huh. Cause like the first one was mature. So they, like, they made it like you couldn't kill people with like throwing trucks into them. And it was like really disappointing. Oh, I see. Yeah. So hopefully they fix that if they remaster the second one. Though so I will say the second one actually is co-op. Oh, so I didn't know that. That sounds like, yeah, hopefully they follow, you know, in the guise of uh, the original one, this remake here, and they make the second one. You know, like you said, improved. So maybe get rid of the T rating and just bite the bullet and get an M rating because I'm sure it'll sell more than enough, regardless of its rating. Yeah, I think THQ Nordic honestly doesn't care about ratings that much. Uh, well, they should now. I mean, sure, all humans is so popular. Oh my like, God, the trailer yeah. was amazing. <laughs> exactly. See, with that type of quality, you think they would at least, you know, they don't care, but you think they would at least kind of notice that they're overwhelmingly positive. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's just so good. No, no, definitely. I think so. I mean, money talks, and you know, if sales are really, really good, guess what's getting a sequel? Destroy all humans. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's like, uh, it's like what they said about what is it, Dark Siders Four? Mm-hmm. You know, if Dark Siders Three hit a hit a target market uh, share thingy, they if they had got enough money from it, mm-hmm. they'd continue the series, and then they got Genesis, and Genesis sold well. So. Yep. THQ Nordic seems to be, uh, they seem to be sort of like they're a great developer, but they also seem to be really focused on, you know, the those kickbacks they can sort of get. Yeah. Um, like any like any good company does hmm. to, uh, to, you know, before they're going to make a sequel. And considering this one made so much money, I'm going to definitely believe that it's going to get a sequel. Yeah. Perhaps on the I... other hand, with the Gothic franchise, they're taking much more of an let's ask the community approach. Yeah, I think that's kind of because Gothic is such a unique series that if they didn't ask them and they just made something up themselves, I think 
it would bomb absolutely. So yeah, definitely. They're also using the community to figure out whether they're making a remake, a prequel, a sequel, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I feel is the yeah, smartest definitely. way to go about it in that case. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now here's a game that is ages old. Oh boy. But somehow got a remake to make it even more complex. Oh boy. 5D chess with multiverse time travel. It's an in, it's an indie game, and in it you play chess. Except if you're about to get checked, you can create a second alternate dimension. Um, <laughs> and the thing oh, is, I is that lost me there. <laughs> <laughs> the thing, yeah, the thing is, is like you can you play like the multiple boards simultaneously in the alternate dimensions you create. Uh-huh. But you only have to like check one king in one of the dimensions, and you cl- and like so you can play like the middle dimension, like six moves. But then you can like checkmate someone in an altered dimension, like like one turn forward. So there's like time travel involved. It, it looks really cool, and it's like ten bucks. Yeah, so, you should definitely watch like, the trailer. That's what I did, and <laughs> it will make things a lot clearer and a lot more complicated. Yeah, Let's it sounds see. way mind-bending, though. Hmm. And what was it called? So I can check it out later. 5D chess with multiverse time travel. Okay. Yeah, it's not. It's kind of a mouthful in terms of a, of a name. Yeah, very descriptive, though. <laughs> yeah. Least, I mean, honestly... You should know what you're getting into from the beginning, you know? <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah, definitely. Definitely. TFX, are you a chess guy? Uh, used to, but not anymore, really. So I bet you and your brother could play 5D chess with multiverse time travel and try to murder each other. <laughs> actually, is it actually a multiplayer game. game or? Yeah, yeah, it's actually fully multiplayer. How does it which work makes in it... that concept? I... <laughs> wow, dude, I don't know. <laughs> That's the point. It's because I told you, like, you can like you're playing multiple boards real time. Mm. In alternate dimensions, and <laughs> some alternate dimensions can be for, farther forward in time compared to other dimensions. And yeah, and, and you just play in real time and try not to die. It sounds like regular chess, but just with like extra extra rules and stipulations as well as multiple boards. Yeah, I was gonna that's say so it's. It, I don't know if that's awesome. I don't know who here has that's, has watched that's Star Trek. Exactly what it is. Yeah, but it's a lot like. Uh, the chess you always see, like Spock playing in the original. Three D chess? No, that's way different. Oh, okay, fine. Sounds like somebody's played it though. Five. Which chess. one? Three D <laughs> chess or five D chess? Three D chess. Nah, I, I just Aww. seen enough of it to know that it's the thing with three D chess and Star Trek is that it's made to look much different, and it has like multiple stages of of the board, and the board is uh, some of the boards I think are in a triangular shape. Yeah, and this 5D chess looks exactly like Plebbles described it, actually. It's uh, multiple chess boards parallel to each other, and you can branch off in different directions from what I've seen in the trailer. So, hmm. so, so Plebbles, are you going to buy it and play it with me? Uh, sure. If you'll buy it, I'll buy it. I'm down. I love chess. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to get absolutely destroyed. <laughs> it's going to get I'm actually horrible at chess. <laughs> same. <laughs> I shouldn't be. I know that, but I, I am. I don't know why. I don't know why either, man. Like I just, I get, I, I just get too tunnel visioned personally. Anyway, <laughs> uh, another tactics game yesterday came out was Fay Tactics. It's a another of the few games in the Final Fantasy Tactics sort of genre. 
where you've got a board made of squares of various heights, and you have to fight it out. Uh, critics were like, eh, <laughs> uh, because basically the game is Final Fantasy Tactics, um, but not especially deep in terms of customization, and it doesn't uh, sort of innovate mm-hmm. at all. But I guess if you're a Final Fantasy Tactics fan, that's good. Um, I suppose, yeah. I know definitely one of the big selling points is that uh, they mentioned it's got like 60 plus hours of main story content mm. uh, with additional like tens of hours in side content. And the game's only like 20 bucks, uh, less than that. They feel yeah, limited than normal turn-based tactic games. So. Yeah, it is a little bit limited, sadly, uh, but it still looks really fun. And it's twenty bucks, and it seems like if you play the the heck out of it, it's gonna be like a hundred hours for like twenty bucks. And if you get it on Humble Bundle, this is also a Humble published game. Uh, if you get it on Humble Bundle and you're a choice subscriber, it's like sixteen dollars. Oh. So, like, yeah, if you like Final Fantasy Tactics, I guess give it a try. Uh, I unfortunately haven't had a chance to play it yet, uh, but it's supposed to be pretty good if you're a fan. Interesting. Never played. Yeah. Final I mean, fan. Final Fantasy Tactics, and not big fan of uh, this type of game. So, not turn-based tactics, mm-hmm. but like Final Fantasy, the this type of turn-based tactics feels very limited. Well, it, honestly, if you want a really, really good version of this kind of Final Fantasy Tactics, uh, the best version would be Final Fantasy Tactics Advanced, in my opinion. War of the Lions. Um, no. Uh, Final Fantasy Tactics Advanced on the Game Boy Advance. It's insanely fun. I think it's the best version. Uh, War of the Lions feels too basic. Okay. And uh, Final Fantasy Tactics Advanced 2 Grimoire feels like... Uh, it just feels like they tacked stuff on without really thinking about it. And it's really easy to get over-leveled and just beat everything and it gets boring. So... I, I find this sweet spot to be Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Fair enough. Why, thank you. <laughs> I thank you kindly. Don't you dare cross me on this! <laughs> this is the hill I will die on! <laughs> okay, happy dying. I am king of the <laughs> hill! <laughs> I'm dead now. Okay, oh, Pebbles, man. on to your debut as uh, podcast moderator. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Pubbles is going to usurp the podcast. Oh, I knew Pubbles was brought on for some reason. This was all a conspiracy. <laughs> because I knew in advance you would pick a hill to die on no matter what. <laughs> it's the only way to go, you know oh, what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, for the fans of Warhammer, uh, a recent Games Workshop investors call said that they... Uh, were really enjoying the video game kickbacks in money they were getting, and that their goal is to break into the triple A market if possible. Interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, they have they have more than just that one franchise, but it, I guess it's pretty safe to assume that it's either going to be Warhammer or Warhammer 40k, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just want a new Dawn of War, except I want a not terrible version. Uh, aren't you asking Fair a bit enough. much? <laughs> The third game is awful, and I hate it. (laughs) One of the best. The first one is good. The second one's completely different from the first one, but also good. And the third one is just awful. So please. Yeah. 
Although, thankfully, there is a Warhammer Age of Sigmar, which is the fantasy version, RTS coming out. I believe it was silently announced in the Focus Home Interactive Investors uh, report. I see. But um, realistically, I'm not sure we can expect another Dawn of War game from this news because um, when investors say they want to go AAA, they usually think of something story-driven. Like uh... or a sh- or an esports shooter. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's hope not that. Yes. it's gonna be it's gonna be a forty k battle royale. <laughs> oh no! Don't give them any ideas. <laughs> it's like what <laughs> makes money? Royale is AAA. What makes money? Someone would go for it. <laughs> yes, don't don't tempt them. Don't oh. tempt them. Oh man! So again, that just got semi revived. Would be the multiplayer of Red Dead Online. Uh, after there being a protest by players where they dressed up as clowns in the game, uh, Red Dead eventually uh, uh, released the Naturalist update, which gives you two paths to follow. You can either save those super cool animals or kill the super cool animals. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Huge divide between the Plubbles, two. Plubbles, which one would you choose? I would save them. <gasps> Apparently... If you don't save the animals, the save the animals person drugs you. Oh. <laughs> really? I, didn't, I wow. didn't know that. I saw a news report of it. Yeah, apparently if you start doing the storyline where, like, uh, if you start killing the animals, like, you get drugged oh, by yeah. the, <laughs> the, the lady who's the conservationist and she, like, drags you off oh, somewhere. Jeez, I missed this one. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> I didn't know yeah. about that either. I just Care know about that the animals, the... less about the people. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, all I knew is that uh, you have those two different quest giver NPCs, basically, and that the one that wants to preserve the animals um, basically is like Red Dead's version of Professor Oak. Gives you like a Pokedex and Pokedex. asks you to gather the information, <laughs> the data on all the animals. This is the entry for uh, animal number 623, a bear. <laughs> the bear is a bear. <laughs> it is a large fur animal that is a bear. Don't meet one. A large large wild. You're dead. If you see it in the wild, fucking run. <laughs> Except don't because it will catch you because right. it is fast right, right. and it will eat you anyway. <laughs> so Fun fact, bears will actually eat you alive. Jesus. I don't know. Neat. Yes. Yeah, bears, unlike other, uh, other predators, well, bears are technically om- omnivores. But yes, bears do not kill their prey before they eat it. They eat it alive. So yeah, stay away from bears. Well, at least it's still warm then. Warm and fresh. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's, it's tasty. Yeah. It's like fresh. Fresh off the human. <laughs> fresh off the bony human meat. Respect, bear. Oh yeah. God, yeah. Yeah, so stay, be, be safe, kids. Stay away from bears. Yes. Uh, Sekiro. They just are announced a TM update, which has remnants, which are like messages from Dark Souls, and gauntlets, which appear to be a boss rush. Ooh. For the I first mean, time, Sekiro fans? like for the first time in Souls history, I mean, from Soft history, there's gauntlets, right? There's what? Like first time in any... Gauntlets, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's never been a boss rush in any of the Soul, Dark Souls games. So, yeah. There... No, not that I'm aware of. Yeah. I mean... In the first time in forever. <laughs> I I don't know what song that is. It's a Disney song, but uh, I think it's like Pocahontas or something. But yeah. Yeah, it's a sad thing. I yeah, boss rushes. Right. The uh, boss rushes. You can enjoy. What's up? 
No, 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 no. Hold up, hold up, Pupples. You can enjoy Disney, man. Okay. Tangent time. Joy Disney, okay. if you like Disney. Okay, I enjoy Disney. Okay, but... <laughs> okay good. Ta- tangent over. Okay, what were you saying? I was just saying, I, I really love boss uh, boss rush modes, honestly. And Bloodborne's got me got me into uh, the Dark Souls series, because I didn't really like it at first. Um, I like it. If that really does become a thing, I can't wait, because I'm willing to try it. I like a good challenge. You're reminding me that Bloodborne is not on PC. I'm so Plubbles sorry, is now banned from the podcast. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I'm joking, Plubbles. You're awesome. Yay. Uh, <laughs> uh, another prominent video game developer, Obsidian, just released Grounded to mostly positive reviews, mainly due to p- enemies that were too powerful and building being difficult due to bugs. Yeah, the bugs uh, are going to be a problem. I, I think in the context of Grounded, we need to clarify which kind of bugs. Oh, excuse me. Uh, Grounded is a survival uh, action game, kind of, uh, where you play as a shrunk-down kid who is trying to survive ant invasions and things so that they can become unshrunk. Bugs in the context of building are technical glitches in that it doesn't work right. And bugs being too powerful Mm -hmm. mean the ants eat your face off in three seconds. Um... I've actually played Grounded for a bit because it's included in the Game Pass, the oh yes, Game the Pass, the beta, um, and I can't really confirm those issues because first of all, the ants are basically peaceful mobs that only start attacking you if you attack them first. So the the thing you really have to worry about are spiders, basically, and um, stink bugs and bombardier beetles. Stink bugs. Yep, stink bu- bugs. They are. Stink- they are about thrice as tall as an ant, and they release some poison mist when they fight you. And they are aggressive. They will attack you on sight. Wow, this is nothing like the actual animal. <laughs> Those things are, like, I have seen ants bigger than them, and also they're herbivores. They're, they're not aggressive towards other creatures. They stink them. That's their only defense. They're not going to run at you. Yeah, well, it's a bit different in the game. <laughs> <laughs> Ma immersion, Manos. Ma immersion. They take a couple of liberties. On the flip side, the ants work pretty well because um, they're actually pretty cute when you encounter them, and your character will regularly address them when he sees one nearby. Like, um, there's there's four kits. Um, they are predefined. You have basically no customization whatsoever, and they are interesting. On the flip side, they are all voiced, so. That's pretty neat. And the character I'm playing as um, has a bit of a chipper attitude. Um, he's very easygoing. And uh, whenever I encounter an ant, he will say th- something like, oh, hey there, buddy. Or I don't want any trouble, ant. Or something like that. And uh, Interesting. It livens up the experience. Um, but Yeah, that, it adds that world building, you know. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but man, this game has so many bugs. Yeah, it has a ton of bugs. And glitches. <laughs> Uh, some of those too. Um, yeah. But on the flip side, uh, you sometimes may have to attack them anyway, because um, the one thing about uh, building that is very difficult is that you have to progress very far in the game before you get the um, the ability to build floors. So you can build some walls around your your settlement, your, your camp that you set up, but you can't really build start building a house until you've progressed until a certain point in the game and um, 
you have a basically a, um, an open fire where you can roast bug meat um, as a source of food. And whenever you do that, it attracts the ants and they steal your food. So to, in order to prevent them from it, and unless you have uh, the ability to actually build a house that you can lock yourself in, uh, you have to attack them and kill them. So you do get into some fights with the ants. And um, I don't know what caused it, but at some point the ants were just naturally aggressive towards me. But usually they will just attack weevils. And <laughs> it's actually... <laughs> Kind of the cruel side because ants, um, they at times there are like twenty of them at once, and they will all gang up on one weevil. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> no chance Poor at all, weevil, man. Right. Yeah, no chance at all. And um, um, but there are also ladybugs, and those are very peaceful and quiet and don't do anything. But if you attack them, they're like boss battles basically because they are very tanky. And mm. um, I've seen some. A large horde of ants randomly gang up on two of the ladybugs, and all the ants were splashed. Oh, jeez. Oh it God. was insane. Um, as far as buildings concerned, I now have the blueprint to build floors and some advanced stuff for the buildings, and I've started um, creating my own house, which is uh, three stories high and has a little watchtower on top, um, and it works very well. The, the pieces clip where you want them to clip, and um, I, I can't see where the where the complaints are coming from. Must just be something in the PC port that's causing an issue. I'm I'm playing it on PC actually, not the Steam version, oh, but the you? Game Pass version. But I'm playing it on PC because the the load times on the Xbox One with any game basically are way longer, and I I don't have the patience for that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm just going off what the Steam reviews are saying, so it's unfortunate that they're having issues, but and maybe, we have first-hand... Maybe it's inclu- uh, exclusive to the Steam version, I don't know. Yeah, maybe we That's have first-hand cool. information but, from uh, Manos that is good. But the other thing with the game is that it's uh, definitely a test version. It's uh, not the finished product at all. Um, on, on Steam, it's marked as Early Access, but on the Game Pass, it's uh, actually titled Grounded Game Preview. And uh, while the game feels pretty polished, uh, the story doesn't progress all that far. So you mm. discover a weird device, and you activate it, and then you have to... Um, there are three lasers pointing at the device, and one of them is blocked by blades of grass, and you have to cut them down so the laser is unobstructed, and the other one is flickering and kind of weak, so you have to discover the source of that, and basically there are some um, I don't know, ticks, I believe, um, gnawing at the cable, so you have to defeat all of those, (laughs) and then it works, and once you activate it, there's some explosion that's set off near an oak tree that's uh, pretty far away that you can see on the horizon constantly, and um, once you get there, there's this secret lab, and um, you can explore that, and it's not very big, and there's a, a robot inside that becomes a quest giver, but at that point, the game tells you, thanks for playing the, the game preview, uh, we're adding a lot more content, and yada, yada, yada. Hmm. Hmm. But it sounds like there's a good base, you know, foundation. Yeah, definitely, yeah. and it feels like they focused on gameplay first, because the gameplay feels pretty polished, the world is very um, intriguing and pulls you in and has a lot of different ways to play with the feature, with the fact that you're shrunken down like in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. 
um, there's <laughs> there's this uh, there's one spot where a hot dog has fallen down and is there lying on the ground, and you have to actually um, explore the the different blueprints in the game to unlock a better tool so you can farm resources from that hot dog and stuff like farm that. Farm the hot dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that does sound pretty yeah, cool. That sounds awesome. And yeah, the game mechanics also sound really great too. Fantastic. I'm probably going to wait yeah, until I it just, actually comes out together. Same here, honestly. Yeah, makes sense. Definitely. I would say wait for it, but um, it's definitely something to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, Gaia 4 Complete is coming out on PC. The port is finally being finished uh, later this year. But I know there was some controversy around Gaia 5 because it was missing some content, minor content, but content nonetheless. And the multiplayer mode was completely taken out of the game. Wow. That sucks. That does suck. Yeah. Is there a reason behind I mean, it or they just did it? No, honestly, they didn't really give an explanation, which made people even more mad. Um, so let's hope they learn their lesson and make Disgaea for a complete, actually complete, because it's a great series. It is, yeah. Um, and it, it would be unfortunate if someone wrote it off. Isn't, because isn't the title even Disgaea for complete plus? I mean, if that, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's an incomplete experience. <laughs> People are really gonna pissed, and they've gone. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Reason to. <laughs> you can't advertise I complete didn't... and then plus, and then not be complete and plus. <laughs> it doesn't work. I actually had that in my I had that in my notes, but I I thought I might have typoed it. So yeah, I think it is complete plus. Yeah, and it, it will definitely make people mad if that um. That is not complete because it's better than complete, apparently. Uh, so, uh, sorry guys, but there's an urgent matter I have to attend to, so I have to leave the podcast. Okay, that is fine. Thank you for being here, TFX. This has been TFX, everyone. Thanks for having uh, me. We hope you have a good day. Well, yeah. Pleasure, TFX. yeah, thank you. Yeah, we'll hear you next time for sure. Yeah, take care. Bye. Bye. So TFX, uh, not TFX. Excuse me, Plubbles. Hey, <laughs> TFX just left. <laughs> <laughs> Bubbles, have you ever played Sea of Thieves? Sea of Thieves? No. I was actually going to try it, but um, my roommate wanted to get it, and I was going to get it as well to play with him. Uh, he bailed at the last minute, saying that it was like a pile of garbage, so I never got it. Okay. I guess I was just bringing that up because apparently there's a big update coming called The Ashen Winds, and it's got a picture of flaming skeletons. Ooh, that sounds yeah, there's a, so there's a video out on... Uh, that shows off those new enemies as well. I think there's even new flame skeleton-based bosses that have different mechanics to them, like two or three. Oh, interesting. What do you think of the game, Menos? Have you tried it on Game Pass? I have, but that was pretty close to the release, so there was no content there. It was certainly promising, but didn't really hook me, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable, yeah. Um, I haven't gotten back into it ever since. Uh, I probably should at some point, but if I do, I may, may want to pick up the Steam version for yeah, review I was purposes. going to say, yeah. I, I've heard it's gotten also, better, though. At the, you know, yeah. For what it's worth, yeah. But if, I've, I've also heard that you really need friends to enjoy it. Otherwise, you're going to be... It's definitely it's definitely more fun with friends, yeah. And it's, it's also going to be much easier to actually operate your ship <laughs> if you're multiple Natural. people, yeah, because you have to actually interact with all the different systems, like uh, um, the sails, and then move to another part of the ship, ship to um, access the <laughs> steering wheel and all that, and go below yeah. deck if you've been attacked to fix the leaks, and 
Um, mm. If you have to do all of that by yourself, uh, it's very like likely that you get sunk <laughs> during yeah. most encounters. So not, not um, only does it require a lot of that multi-met majorial skills, you still have to hope that you can reach everything fast enough before it's too late. Exactly. Yeah, so that does sound... I mean, it does sound promising now. That's something I might pick up, actually, since they have added a, a lot of new content. And I didn't even know they yeah. added those fire those fire skeletons. That sounds promising. Well, well the one thing Definitely. I have to say about that is that back when I played, the only enemies you could fight were skeletons, and they were everywhere. And now skeletons with fire sounds like same problem with a different paint. <laughs> Recycled, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> it, you can see, you can imagine the board meeting. So what if we have skeletons? On fire! Ooh! Rows and rows of people just clapping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, bravo, yeah. Bravo. yeah. Like while while we're on the topic of MMOs, uh, Fantasy Star Online, not the new Genesis version, the fancy new version shown off at the Xbox Showcase. Yeah. The original that had a lot of issues when it was when it first came out mm. is coming to Steam on August sixth. Okay, yeah. why though? I don't know. I, I guess I think they said that they would um they would update Fantasy Star Online to actually no they said they would keep them separate but they said that you could like transfer between them or something like cosmetic items yeah cosmetic so, items, but it's like a whole other adventure type deal yeah when yeah when is the the remake coming out I haven't heard anything about that specific oh, okay so maybe this is just a way to get us in the game early so when mm. the new version comes up we can just continue playing by transferring our saves very likely yeah because yeah. they said it's got okay it makes it's sense got infinite then. yeah they said it's got infinite transfers uh that you can transfer back and forth mm. that's a good uh, thing but obviously nowadays. yeah yeah but it they said you don't keep anything in your account besides cosmetics because you know they're two different like stories and exactly. gameplay. yeah and, and the, from what i heard the only reason why they made it that way was because they wanted people that have made all the progress they made in the original game still mean something so you could still do stuff in the original game as it's expanding and then you know what i mean and i think the reason why they're putting it on steam is because i played it with uh, my roommate on um the windows the windows store well using the windows store rather and took forever we could not get connected there were all kinds of issues at one point we couldn't even start the game so i'm glad it's on it's going to be on steam because hopefully that'll mitigate that issue yeah let's hope. yeah let's definitely hope yeah because i think so i think it was mostly microsoft's fault but i can't make any you know solid uh, claim <laughs> yeah so manos i i remember you saying a bit ago that you were a vampire the masquerade fan yeah definitely did you see the uh the news about the kickstarter about the vampire the masquerade rivals expandable card game um yes i saw it when i read the topic list for today (laughs) 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 i'm totally surprised that uh the world of darkness and especially vampire the masquerade is getting a lot of love these days with um several visual novels coming out um i mean coteries of new york is uh, something that has come out and there's going to be a sequel to that um yeah then of course uh vampire the masquerade bloodlines 2 is coming out sometime soon i'm sure ish ish (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah and then there's also uh mildly related to that uh in the same larger universe the world of darkness um is uh, Werewolf the Apocalypse, that game that was teased with 
Nope. That one actually looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it looks very interesting. So from what I from what I gathered, because I'm very familiar with the Vampire the Masquerade universe, but not so much with the adjacent ones. Um, there's actually five different forms that the werewolves in the Apocalypse uh, franchise can take on, and three of those are going to be featured in the game. There's the that sounds cool. There's the human form where you have to keep a low profile and which you use to interact with humans, of course. Um, then there's the wolf, which is basically like um, um, the pathfinder, which you use to explore in the woods and find tracks of whatever you're hunting down. And then there's the big, bulky, monstrous werewolf form, which you use to basically wreck a hybrid. <laughs> yeah, which you use to shred everything to pieces. <laughs> Yeah, because I remember, like in the trailer, you called wolves to your side or something. Yeah, that too. And then, then you went big and bulky. So it made me wonder whether or not uh, they were going to have like werewolves have degrees. Like some werewolves are sapient, but are like wolf form, and some are just like human and hybrids. Or no, how they're going to handle that? No, so. sim- similarly to the Vampire the Masquerade franchise, there are different clans. Which different ah, yes. with different um, um, abilities and characteristics, and um, you play as one who has been for some reason exiled from one of those clans. But the purpose the purpose of the the clan you belonged to was to fight the nature's corruption caused by man. So, um, as in mankind, not the gender. <laughs> Um, so um, all the factories around the world and everything that's destroying Earth is apparently causing some um, almost um, Cthulhu-like entity to to descend upon the world and uh, the vampires are fighting humanity and sabotaging it they're they're basically bioterrorists Ah, and you are one of them. That sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, that does sound pretty exactly. awesome. Manifestations fighting Bio- back against the evils of the world. Essentially, you know, bioterrorist by- vampires, werewolves. Yeah, like, <laughs> and 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 uh, conservationist werewolves. That sounds spicy. <laughs> that does sound pretty spicy, my dude. And uh, from what I hear, whenever those universes cross over, because the vampires are. In Vampire the Masquerade, it's all about preserving the masquerade. So let don't let people know what you are. Don't feed in, in public when people can see you and all that. And um, many of those high-ranking vampires control a lot of the infrastructure in the cities and have their own clubs where it's easier to feed on humans and all that stuff. And um, so from the werewolf's point of view, they are part of the problem. So whenever those two universes interact and cross over, it's usually vampires versus werewolves all out. So looking forward to hopefully seeing a sequel to either of those games or maybe a crossover game where you actually have the choice to pick a side in this ongoing battle or Hey, don't give them any ideas. Next, we'll have like a, a puzzle game, <laughs> uh, sort of like Tron. You know the game Trine? Yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah, we'll have like a puzzle game of Trine. You've got like a, a human, a vampire, and like a werewolf. <laughs> and and they all have to like figure puzzles out or something. I don't know. Now maybe maybe if it's, if it's a sequel to either Werewolf the Apocalypse or Vampire the Masquerade, it would be interesting to go up against one of them. <laughs> like uh, if it's if it's Werewolf the Apocalypse, the sequel, the second game in that franchise, 
um, if the big bad at the end of the game would be one of the vampire clans and you have to take them out. And That would be yeah, certainly pretty interesting. That would be very interesting. Oh yeah, I would love to see. Uh, I'd love to be play as a werewolf and just beat the Avril of crap out of some <laughs> vampires. Yeah, definitely. vampires are like vampires are like a creature owls. of the night. My ass, punch, punch, punch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you, say, if you say vampires are like elves, you haven't seen the Nosferatu yet. <laughs> yeah, well, it's true. Yeah, well, no, I just mean I just more mean in terms of attitude and thinking they're superior and looking down on most other uh, beings. Certainly, but to be fair, they kind of are. <laughs> <laughs> Especially considering they can live the, like, basically effectively forever. Yeah, and that's why. And the uh, that the fact that you're so much superior in terms of physical prowess and all that. Yeah, but humans are wily, man. <laughs> like, man, they're clever. Like, just true. look at like uh, the Brand Stro- Stoker, uh, Vamp- Dracula. You know that dude was like he he was like untouchable. He was the vampire. And then a boy with a wooden stake rammed it through his heart, and he went bye bye. Yeah, definitely. So I wouldn't count humans out, and you know their whole superiority superiority complex. I think more hurts them, and I I kind of find it just of an, an annoying trope in fantasy in general. Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. definitely. But yeah. it's it's fun to play as one, and especially in the Vampire the Masquerade oh, yeah, franchise, definitely. where you have thirteen different clans, and they are so vastly different. I don't know how different the clans in the Werewolf franchise are, but in the Vampire the Masquerade franchise, you have um, your box standard um, mm-hmm. vampires, like the Bruja, for example, are basically a warrior cast where you have pretty straightforward gameplay mechanics and fighting and all that. Then you have the Toreado, which are basically artists and the closest to their lost humanity. And they are very strong at seducing people to just willingly give them their blood. And then you have the interesting ones where, for example, in Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, you can play as a Nosferatu, which are very disfigured and look like they have tumors all over. And you have to basically, to preserve the Masquerade, you have to traverse through the sewers and all that, all of that, and since it's a role-playing game, an action role-playing game, it actually factors into gameplay a lot. So, I bet they're really, really, really strong, though. Like, but they can rip your arms out really easily. They're pretty strong, but the 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 problem is, if you leave the sewers and walk on the open streets, cops will just randomly start firing at you because you look like you a know, monster. <laughs> right? You're I mean, like if you're fight. Yeah, I meant like if you're fighting an enemy gang, not like if you're. Just walk. You're trying to walk on the street, looking like you've been run over by a cheese grater. <laughs> right. You're just still walking around. <laughs> like, have you seen my baby? Just start immediately. <laughs> oh yeah, that'd be good. That'd go over well. Actually, you can you can kill a person in Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines when you play as a Nosferatu by. Um, well, she she owns a diner, so you enter that diner and you can talk to her, and she's like. Oh boy, you look terribly messed up. What happened to you? And one of the dialogue options that comes up that is specific to the Nosferatu that no one else can say is, I will eat your soul. And then she gets a heart attack and dies. (laughs) (laughs) That's amusing. That really is. Free meal, (laughs) y'all. And that's just one of the many ways that the game has very unique experiences on each playthrough if you just choose a different clan you belong to. Like, for example, the, the Malkavians are not cases. They are really insane. The the gift of darkness has corrupted their minds. And you will just randomly walk or, walk along the street and there's a stop sign. And your character will stop and you have 
different dialogue options and basically they're all uh variations of no you stop so you start an argument with the stop sign before you're allowed to move on or if you if you turn on the tv in your in in your hub area in your hotel room you start having a vivid discussion with the news person who's reading out the news <laughs> I've really, as someone who's really, really wanted to get into it, man, the problem is it just looks so dated and janky. Oh, like, yeah. What would, your, what would be your advice to getting into it? I know there's a fan patch out there. Yeah, and it's very necessary because the game basically is unfinished in some aspects and the community patch is a necessity to a point where if you buy the game on good old games, the community patch is included. It's automatically installed with the game. Yeah. I don't. I have owned it on Steam, and I do not believe it's automatically installed. No, it there. isn't. It's uh, one of the features of GOG, basically. Um, yeah, you definitely have yeah. to look in how to patch the game, and there are also some good um, cosmetic uh, mods that make the look, game look a little less dated. Uh, but it's it's one of those experiences that is very flawed, and you can see the flaws, but it's all the more precious for it. You love it for its flaws, and. and in spite of its flaws and there are some very very extremely memorable moments in it i can definitely recommend Just... it but uh, with a with a spoonful of salt because you have to know going in that there are going to be issues <laughs> just sounds just like raising children uh, yeah <laughs> probably <laughs> to a certain extent yeah <laughs> No, I'm I, mean, joking, I, mean, I'm joking. I mean, children basically are like pancakes right the first one always is <laughs> Note to self, avoid Manos' first kid. <laughs> uh, so, something a little more controversial, uh, Street Fighter V just announced their Season 5 update with new characters. Uh, the reason this is controversial is because they recently sold a Championship Edition on Steam, where they said you would get like all the characters up to that point, and people thought that was like the last uh updates are like yeah it's like the game of the year edition where you get all the dlc and now they're like nope more dlc so uh, uh i think manos didn't you say something about street fighter 5 dlc's policy uh i might have mentioned it as a side note at one point um yeah i i think it's it's terrible because um the first time i was um exposed to street fighter 5 was when uh I had a friend come over and he brought the PS4 version and he hadn't played it either before that point. So he was going to play it for the first time with me. And we booted up the game and um, there were like, I don't know, it, it looked like the demo I used to play way back for Tekken 3 where you had like <laughs> five characters available and the other ones were locked. But it was a full version and most of the characters were locked. And you could, you had the option to unlock them with the in-game currency that you earned by who? by fighting regularly but each character would take upwards of i don't know three or four days of grinding to unlock and you had to unlock like 20 or so so you were basically um, buying a full released game for a full price and were forced to buy the dlcs to unlock the characters yeah. which is terrible and then there's yeah. like five thousand um different editions of the of the street fighter games and it gets worse with every release i feel yeah and um yeah, what you except for Street Fighter Two. Yeah, yeah, there there are of course exceptions, <laughs> but uh, it it seems to get worse and worse these days. And uh, what what you just mentioned with the seemingly complete edition and then uh, another DLC pack coming out, 
reminds me actually of the royal edition of Final Fantasy XV, where uh, a lot of DLCs had come out, and then the royal edition hit, where all of those DLCs were included, and then shortly after that came, I believe it was Episode Arden, which was a huge DLC, which you had to buy separately then. Great business practices. Definitely. Love it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Most certainly. Yeah. Um, I, I don't... I, I, I don't personally approve of the like I like if, if they I, I don't follow Street Fighter two so I'm not 100 percent sure but if they specified that you get all the stuff you know what I mean all the content with the final game and then they release another one to me that's kind of cheating like that's basically you're well, lying to people but I don't I don't know if they yeah, actually they, specified or not well they used that horrible like business double speak where they're like you get all the DLC up to this point. Oh, and okay. it's like, oh man! So it's like I get all the DLC because it's up to this point, mm. and they're like, nope, we're it's only up to this point, right? Not the future stuff. So gotta pay for and you're like, oh, I mean, I they're making sure they are not legally in trouble, but they're still lying their asses off because they definitely oh, yeah. know what people expect at that point. I mean, who was it? Who was <laughs> yeah. expecting another DLC pack for Street Fighter Five to come out after all these years? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Definitely. Yeah, it's kind of like. They they basically used their wordplay the correct way to make people think the exact opposite of what was going to happen. And and it's a matter of timing as well because this complete edition came out so shortly before they announced the new DLC pack. Because they knew people were going to eat it yep. up, right? And then have to pay for that yep. anyway. <laughs> it reminds me of what happened with Borderlands pre sequel actually, because something's just the exact opposite happened to that. They promised you four DLCs with the uh, season pass. But because they didn't specify, like, you know, the kind of DLC and the size, what really happened was the company, uh, 2K Australia, actually went out of business. So they couldn't actually make any more DLCs. They just quit the pro, they just quit working on the game altogether. And they had two DLCs, two full campaigns, and two DLC characters for the season pass and said, that's all you get. Well, people were mad. <laughs> people were mad about that because the other Borderlands games, you know what I mean? The season pass had four campaigns. This mm. one only had two campaigns and two characters, but because but of the way DLCs. that they worded, it, yep, because of the way they worded it, they said DLCs and they count. People were really upset about that, but I mean, you can't get mad at them. I can imagine. Yeah, you can't get mad at them. They they held up their bargain. <laughs> yeah, not yeah, <laughs> yeah. Gadget is gadget is very conflicted as yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not mm, happy with it mm. either, but yeah, it, it's, it's because it's like if you sign a yeah. contract, they specify what they're going to do, but because of the way that, like, you know, they know you'll understand it one way, but then they get you because they're not doing it that exact way, but they're still not wrong. Yeah, I think that's why in Borderlands 3 with their season pass, they specified four story packs, yes, instead of four DLCs this time, yeah, probably because <laughs> no one would have bought it otherwise. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, so people weren't like, hmm, this happened last time. <laughs> so hmm. yeah, we don't want to make that same mistake because we don't want people giving us flack over that. <laughs> yeah. Now, a game that is more relaxing than it is perhaps controversial would be the newest version of Microsoft Flight Simulator. Oh yeah, I heard honestly, about that. it's pretty impressive. Uh, pe- uh, critics who have taken preview looks have found their own house in game. Um, now it may just be in a generic model, but still, it's your house. Wow. Mm. Um, the entire world is mapped pretty much, and uh, the only real issue is that it's a flight simulator for me. <laughs> Same. <laughs> That's why I didn't know about this. 
Everything else about it's awesome. Just the number one issue you have with it is basically what it is. It's a flight simulator. Yeah, man. I, like, seriously, I would love to just explore, the, like, the planet. But the fact that it takes, like, a real lifetime to get there is just no bueno. Yeah, it's mm. no bueno. I 100% like, agree. I can't do that. You have to fly... You have to fly like twenty six hours to get from like the eastern side of Europe, uh, U.S. to like Europe. Yeah. In real time, because that's how long it kind of takes a real flight to do it. Yeah, can can I, you I, land on a on a on an airport in in between somewhere and lock out? And honestly, I don't know. That would be a nice feature, though. Or you, or you can just not buy the game. Yeah, that's, that's a true. good point. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that would mitigate all that, right? <laughs> I have yeah, better exactly, things to do exactly. with my 26 hours <laughs> and then 26 yeah, hours back. <laughs> so I just want to bring it up. It's kind of cool. I know people like Euro truck simulator um, because it's relaxing, but I, I do have to say the thing about Euro truck simulator is you're still having to follow like traffic rules and uh, not hit other cars. And then you got to park your cargo <laughs> and Microsoft flight simulator is like you're in the sky besides hitting some birds there oh, like see. you don't have to worry about traffic laws in the sky and you have more freedom if you hit if you have hit a bird the experience for the bird is worse than yours <laughs> yeah certainly <laughs> you have more freedom and less restrictions as you're already in the air i say yeah nice yeah so i don't know that's just that's just my personal take on it yeah i mean it doesn't sound uh, bad for what it is just as you said it's not really my thing either yeah another uh sequel that was people were looking forward to but kind of has flown under the radar uh bloodstained curse of the moon 2 Ooh. uh i know the original was sort of a really popular 8-bit version of like the nes days uh-huh. like of ninja gaiden and uh this is the sequel to it and it's apparently still really good nice i, yeah. I what i don't oh you go first what I don't understand is I'm trying to figure out whether or not it's connected to that other game, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. That's kind of what I figured, but I'm not actually sure either. I, I don't think it yeah. is. Because they both have, like, Bloodstained in the title, but Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 1 and 2 are, like, 8-bit uh, side-scrolling action-adventure games, and Bloodstained Ritual of the Night is more of, like, a 3D Metroidvania. So I'm really kind of unsure as to what if they're at all related, it's kind of confusing. Right, right. I'm not I mean, sure on that either. Yeah, because like it, to me, it looked like it kind of was, but I'm not. I don't know too much about the bloodstained like lore or anything like that, so I don't really know fully. It just seems like it at face value, though. Yeah. Yeah, uh, a game that wasn't expected that was just announced was Peaky Blinders Mastermind. Uh, if some of you listeners will remember, Peaky Blinders is a Netflix show, kind of award winning. And uh, they're making a game about it. It's uh, isometric stealth in the genre of Desperados, like a Desperados 3, which just came out. Uh, comes out August 20th and is a rather affordable 20 British pounds, huh. which is like interesting 30-ish US dollars, 25 euros, kind of. Hmm. I mean, I, I really enjoy Desperados 3, and that was like the first entry into that genre in a long time so i'm kind of happy to see as someone who enjoys the genre to uh have another entry in into that series and see right not not series but genre yeah i know what you mean especially especially one so affordable <laughs> that's true and that's always a yeah. good point yeah, amen to that yeah so if you're a fan definitely keep your eye out for this um 
Now, I don't think you were expecting to hear about this. Uh, Citra, the 3DS emulator, just got a gigantic update uh, to make it work even better than it did before. Uh, I'm a big emulator fan, and I'm just honestly impressed how quickly uh, Citra has grown. What do you guys think about emulation and uh, other stuff like that? I personally like emulation, only because of the fact that... uh... On top of the fact that you can play modded games, like or, or like you know modified slash hacked games ROMs that you wouldn't be able to normally play otherwise, there are some games that you True. can play that aren't re-released. Like there are some companies that won't re-release games in certain forms, like you know today's on today's systems or anything. So the only way you That's really true. could play them, yeah, is if you emulate them, or in some cases, like you know pay a thousand dollars because there's only five of them in existence etc etc (laughs) which i mean i want to play the game but i don't want to invest that much into it you know and i mean it's yeah what what what's really interesting to me in a in a bad way i i guess is that um on the switch as far as i know you can buy a lot of old games uh classic games uh in the e-store but a lot of very highly demanded games are not coming to the yeah. e-store for some reason so right yeah yeah it's kind of that big debate because uh did uh, archivists want emulation because it allows people to enjoy it but then like companies and copyright lawyers are like well that's infringing on your uh like copyright so it's illegal yeah and Nintendo, i think it kind of nintendo is especially bad in that regard isn't oh yeah, yeah definitely um, I think it kind of boils down to the messed up copyright system that America has, where if you reuse a character or something, uh, the character gets like licensed for another 50 years by their uh, by the company that created them. So as long as they keep making like a Mario game, like once every like 50 or 20 years, I don't remember which period of time it is. Hmm. They basically will like own Mario forever. Uh, I see. That's that's uh, similar to the MCU contracts. Um, or not MCU, but the uh, Marvel properties that got uh, sold to other companies like Sony. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, like it, Spider-Man and all. Exactly. It's just, I see. Okay, I understand yes, Interesting. It's U.S. copyright law that's really messed up. Fun fact, Walt Disney helped make it terrible. <laughs> Sounds well, it's not It's not the only thing Walt Disney made terrible, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> well, yeah. We just got done but, talking yeah. earlier about how I could be a Disney fan and all that. Here we are. Disney's fault. <laughs> I mean, you can be a you can be a fan of Disney's products, but you don't have to be a fan of Disney as people. I know, I'm just joking. Um, yeah, I, know. I know, I'm just I'm just saying, like, uh, you know, sometimes like in gaming and the internet and forums, like it's very polarized. But yeah. I mean, I, I I can like a product and hate the company. Right. They're not mutually exclusive. exclusive. Yes. Yeah, they're really not. Right. Right. Like you're allowed to hate them as people, but I mean. You know, unless you have a good reason and a basis, you really shouldn't be talking trash about what they do. You know, what I mean, if they do great and they're terrible people, I mean, not like you said, not mutually yeah. exclusive. <laughs> Definitely. I agree Definitely. 100%. Now, here's another thing. I know we kind of talked about this earlier because, you know, Warzone. But uh, if you get an email about getting entered into the Cyberpunk 2077 beta, don't click the email. It's a phishing link. It's a scam. Uh, people are falling for it. Don't do Damn, it. That's devilish. That's devilish. Hey, don't slander our name. Don't <laughs> slander our name, Plebbles. We're devils, not devilish. We're the devils, and even we wouldn't do that. Yeah, exactly. devilish. <laughs> devilish. Oh, okay. Mm. 
have yeah, there was there's no real uh story to that one. It's just uh don't click email links that look fishy or it's essentially a too warning. good to be true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like But that. I know that something I need to go first. No, no, you go ahead, Plebbles. I was about to say something else. Oh, but I was gonna say it's sort of like those old um those old uh scams, they probably still go on, but I haven't gotten any. Where it's like I'm a prince 100%. I'm a prince from this country and I need money because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Nigerian prince. <laughs> there you <Yeah>. go. <laughs> and I need I need yeah. I need you to make a small um transfer to me, um just a couple of hundred bucks so that I can transfer fifty thousand bucks to you. Right, exactly. Totally yeah. not a scam. And yeah. I remember I from what I can tell from my spam box these days, it's either uh your dead great uncle on your dog's side <laughs> died and left you an inheritance. <laughs> That's a hell of or it's like <laughs> or it's like something sexually related. Like Oh yeah, I got a lot of these. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Singles uh, near you. Yeah, yeah. You see those ads all the time. And since I'm trying to be safe on the internet and constantly, constantly using a VPN, it's like uh, singles near you in um, Bangladesh. <laughs> Bangladesh. <laughs> You're like, wow, that's a hard no, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I know Manos, you are a near fan okay. and. Square Enix just released some new footage about uh, Near Reincarnation, which is the uh, PS3 exclusive that is getting ported over to PC. Is it? Because from what I've seen, it looks like a completely different game, different protagonist and uh, different um, way of moving around the world. So it, it looks like um, the battles uh, look like 3D battles, like you would expect them, but with a bit of a um, uh, turn-based touch. And um, the movement, unless I'm thinking about <laughs> thinking of something completely completely different, uh, looks like uh, it's actually two D movement. No, well, you see, I actually researched this. Good, and I wanted to know if you would know this. The original game was named Near. That yes was... and no. <laughs> the Japanese Man, version was... and the and the Western version were uh, different in some aspects with a different. Man, I was always getting to that. You're spoiling the story. Oh, okay, <laughs> go on. I was saying that Nier was released in the West with more of an action focus uh, and a more Western-looking protagonist, and Nier Reincarnation was the name of the Japanese version. Nope. Which what? <laughs> Sorry, the Japanese version is called Nier Replicant. Right, Replicant, Replicant. Excuse me, Replicant. And uh, so Nier Reincarnation is the Japanese version being ported. Over. Oh, I see. That's so, that's that's cool, actually. Yes. So if you've played Nier in the past, I think it was on the Wii, like 360. No, I have that area of consoles. Mm, that generation, definitely, but I have it on the PS3. That's what I said. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, the Overlord. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, this, this uh, sort of remaster slash port might actually pique your fancy as it's not exactly the same. Yeah, definitely. Also, uh, another sort of news that's not really discussion-worthy, StarCraft 2 turns 10. Congrats. This yeah. week. Congrats. Pubbles, are you a Star? Are you a hidden StarCraft 2 pro? No. <laughs> I'm pretty garbage at RTSs in general as same, well. Same, yeah. I, I like them, you know, as idea, like as a game. 
like game uh, yeah. genre, but no, nah, I'm not that great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but a genre that hasn't seen an entry in a long time is Star Wars Squadrons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played the old third-person versions on the GameCube back in the day, and they finally revived it and have announced a $40 price tag. That's amazing. Which, yeah, I guess EA said it's not as big as some of their like AAA products, so they didn't um, feel like it was appropriate to make it $60, and everyone gasped and asked, who killed and replaced EA. Exactly. <laughs> right. Like, who that's, are that's, you? What have you done to EA? <laughs> that's what I was going to say when you started saying that it's not going to be as big in terms of content. And I was waiting for you to finish so I could say, so what? It's EA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, but somehow they actually uh, made a decent decision, supposedly. We'll have to see until... Well, knowing EA, I'm later. not expecting the game to be worth 20 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Right, just to recuperate uh, that does happen. <laughs> that does happen a lot with them, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I do have to say, they, there's a reason they're one of the most hated video game companies of all time. Next to Konami, yeah. Mm, yeah, sad but true. Uh, I, yeah, I'd say EA was always kind of hated, <laughs> but... Okay. Uh, I'd say Konami only recently kind of has become hated. Yeah. After their terrible showing with gaming PCs and pachinko machines. Yeah, and uh, Metal Gear Survive and <laughs> Kojima. Yeah. Was it true? Yeah. I think I read somewhere. Is it true that Metal Gear Solid Survive actually required you to pay extra money for like as DLC Character for slots. like extra slots? Is that true? Yep, that's true. Yep. That's ridiculous. It is, yeah. Oh. You can grind. It's it's sort of like what we oh, talked man. about back with like Street Fighter. You can grind them with in-game currency. Uh-huh. But yeah, you could just buy sure to buy them if you wanted. Oh, I see. Okay, that's still kind of yeah, it's still kind of bad. Wow. Yeah. Now here's a here's a game that isn't getting another game that will really annoy some of the moderators in our <laughs> Discord. Splinter Cell. Splinter Cell is getting an animated Netflix series instead of another game. <laughs> I mean, it's just what people were hoping for, right? Yes, definitely. I just don't know which people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is a honestly, target audience. I don't. We just uh, don't definitely. Know. We don't yeah, know. I don't know, man. Like, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, you go first. I just, I don't know what they're doing with it, man. They're really jerking people around who are fans. Like, why in the world <laughs> would you announce like Splinter Cell, but it's a Netflix animated series? <laughs> Money. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna make you're only gonna make people angry. It does sound like someone at the company lost a huge bet. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. You've gotta you've gotta make Splinter Cells like a, a marketable brand, but you can't release a game. <laughs> like that's the bet that they lost. That's terrible. So now they're putting yeah, now they're putting him in a mo- mobile game, and now he's getting a Netflix series yeah. and stuff. Devs are like, damn, this is gonna be hard. All right, we better get creative. Get Netflix on the line. to be fair i hear a lot of good things about the castlevania animated series so there is definitely also have heard that there's definitely precedent but um i think the situation around surrounding splinter cell is so heated that you can't go right unless you deliver a near perfect game at this point That's true. Yeah, yeah with everything I mean, else going on. Castlevania still gets. I don't know when was the last. Ca- yeah, Castlevania has still gotten games relatively recently, but yeah, Splinter Cell we haven't seen for like a decade. So, 
I don't know. Oh. Uh, I know we were just talking about RTSs a little bit, and uh, one of them that I'm looking forward to is named Iron Harvest. It's based off the Scythe uh, world, which is was is a board game, hmm. uh, and it's full of big, giant steampunk mechs. Now, the reason I bring this up is because the open beta just released yesterday, yesterday night, uh, and it is going to go until September 1st. So if you wanted to try the game before buying it, definitely check that out. Uh, I, I personally haven't played it yet, but, you know, people, Plubbles, as an RTS fan, will you play it? I probably will, yeah. <clears throat> Honestly, yeah, that's that makes sense. I mean, it's free. Yeah. Uh, it's got some campaign missions and multiplayer is fully fleshed out. Yeah. So uh, it sounds promising yeah, I mean, based on what I read. Yeah. The only thing that would probably stop me is uh, my backlog of games that I already have decided to play within the time. <laughs> but if I make time, yeah, well, I definitely will. Well, Plubbles, you'll have to battle me uh, because I already have it downloaded. Oh boy. Okay. So the only reason <laughs> the only reason not to play this game is if your internet is dial up, and I'm sorry to hear that if it is. Um, actually, if he's afraid of losing against you, that would also be a <laughs> reason. Thanks, Matos. What would I do without you, man? <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> oh man. You cannot hide. You cannot hide secrets from the Overlord Plubbles. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um. Uh, an old game that was just recently announced was Battletoads is getting a remake. Oh, you don't say. Um, yeah. Huh. Well, it just got a release date, actually, August 20th. I played Battletoads back in the what was it, NES, SNES days. I don't remember which console it was for. I think it was SNES. It was okay. But yeah, it was okay. The only reason why I'm interested is because for the longest time, I remember there were like people I knew at worked at GameStop here in the States that told me that they got at least five to ten calls a day about if they sell, um, regarding if they actually sell Battletoads. Like, it was a meme at one point. <laughs> yes, that was a meme created by a v popular YouTuber, Video Game Donkey, ah. where he he would call GameStops uh, in his video and ask for Battletoads, and it just kind of skyrocketed from there, and unfortunately made many GameStop employees very miserable. Yes. Damn. But if you don't want to play a remake of an old game, why don't you just play an older game? Uh, RPCS3, the PS3 emulator, uh, which has been getting consistent updates, now has netplay for internet multiplayer. Mm. So if there are any PS3 exclusives uh, that you want to play with a buddy with co-op, it's possible if you both own a copy and have legally uh dumped it yourself totally not gonna talk about <laughs> the other way to get it yeah there's another um, way i don't know if that <laughs> you're right, no, not no sure idea. what you're talking about yeah. you know we're, we're devils yeah. in this podcast we're not evil come on <laughs> yeah um but yeah Kurt, uh the project's actually pretty good uh i tested it at one point mm -hmm. and uh it actually yeah runs surprisingly well hmm. though i i think i've heard middling reviews if you want to try and play persona with it because it just doesn't work very well yet. Oh, I see. It's not optimized fully yet. Yes, though with Persona 4 coming to uh, coming to PC, maybe there's hope for Persona 5 on PC yet. Yeah, that would be nice, because that's one I want to play as well. Because At Atlas said it was a success because it sold 500,000 copies in the first day or something. Wow. Yeah. And, it really uh, blew up. And it, and it actually uh, 
Atlas said they were, I think in their investors meeting, they said they were like taken aback and like have to somewhat reconsider PC as a platform. <laughs> Who would have thought that PC well, players I... play PC games? Yeah, it's crazy, <laughs> oh, no. right. <laughs> Dude, I don't know what it is with these companies and thinking like, oh, PC gamers will hate it, man. Like Capcom did the same thing. And then they released Monster Hunter World on PC and were like, wow, PC gamers like games when they come to PC. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all this just, data this is a whole, just that <laughs> all this data that suggests that that's true doesn't need to be garbage after all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just just wait for the headline once uh, Horizon Zero Dawn gets evaluated in the same way. <laughs> Yeah, I just, yeah, I just, like, I'm a PC gamer and I don't have any consoles. Um, and, like, I don't I don't plan on buying consoles because, you know, I don't personally, like, have the money to buy the consoles for the exclusives until they're, like, eight years old. Mm-hmm. So, Same. So, like, my work computer is, you know, I spend more on is because it's also my gaming station. So, I'd be really, like, I buy like games even if they come out like sixty dollars from that were exclusives because i kind of see it as in the long run uh you know it saved me money and otherwise i just forget to play it honestly (laughs) yeah it makes sense yeah because there's still some ps2 exclusives i wanted to play that now i have no idea what they are anymore so i'm sorry ps2 exclusives maybe i'll remember you someday but likely not likely due to my steam backlog yeah. PS2 exclusives. If you want to get picked up by Gadget, leave a comment on the podcast. Yes, please do. <laughs> uh, also, a game that nobody cares about anymore. Anthem had a new update info on loot and equipment about how it was going to be less rare and more engaging. What's Anthem? That's yeah. I was about that, to say, yeah, that about doesn't sound familiar. That about summarizes it. Yeah. Huh. Plubbles and Manos both summarized it. Plubbles with. Mm, <laughs> and uh man, I was with it's Anthem. No, I so. asked what's Anthem. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, you said what's yeah. Anthem? I thought you said it's Anthem. Yeah, and I, and I, and, what's Anthem? And I was saying, yeah, it doesn't sound familiar. I never heard of it. Anthem is a uh We do know what Anthem is. <laughs> a failed EA project <laughs> that had a really weird scripted trailer that what it was famous for when it came out. Yeah, I know you know what it is. Oh, okay. Now I was pl- I was playing into the joke too. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna cut out my part. <sighs> like the uh, pile no. of trash huh no come on i like that part that was good <laughs> oh, that was you can't cut out i know i was saying manos can't cut out talking about cutting things out though oh so. yeah yeah i'll cut yeah. that out too <laughs> oh no. yeah just just keep it natural keep it natural no need to cut out anything even nothing's wrong <laughs> nothing is wrong i'm blinking in distress nothing is wrong <laughs> go on next topic <laughs> Explains an audio format. So long, nothing to see here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I thought uh, I've got a couple new segments here at the end because I thought today would be shorter. Um, yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> I like how uh, casually you said that. Not to extend this further, but the way you said it sold it. Continue that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you. Um. So I've my first segment is uh, interesting upcoming games. Uh, an interesting upcoming game for myself would be Star Renegades. It's a card battler roguelike, which I'm a big fan of. It's by the Halicon Six Devs, uh, and honestly, they had a cool trailer, and that's about all I know about it personally. <laughs> uh, same kind of goes for Bio Mutant. 
uh, THQ Nordic game. Maybe it's coming out in 2020. Maybe it's not. Who knows? It looks cool. You get to play as furry goblins, and they have to save the world against oil. By learning kung fu and crafting weapons. Yeah, kung fu, yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm sold. I'm what a weird description. <laughs> yeah, so... I just wanted to know any upcoming games you guys were kind of looking forward to. Yeah, Biomutant would be the big one, except for Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. Ah, so you're you're uh, you fell into the hype, huh? No, I mean it would be the big one that everyone's talking about. Biomutant and Cyberpunk are at the forefront, sure. I believe. I'm gonna wait till post-launch of Cyberpunk 2077. Let the hype down yeah, down same. a bit and see what the reviewers say. Not not necessarily the professional critics because fuck them but um the steam reviews <laughs> you you really feel wow <laughs> um, quote <unquote> professional <laughs> excuse me yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> i mean we mentioned we're, them we're... before with uh destroy all humans and how their opinion basically was a steaming pile of shit so <laughs> wow uh what i what i find kind of interesting though is that uh in that particular regard a lot of times um professional critics are criticized for um you know giving positive scores but in this case they gave scores that many that steam reviews would uh consider too low that's fair yeah it's it's usually playing it safe with the sevens or praising um political themes that don't really serve the game by giving nines or tens but uh in this case it's kind of the opposite yeah yeah, it did get a lot of sevens, did. Yeah. So, but Manos, what game are you personally looking forward to? Um, yeah, I've, I've hinted at it before. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines Two would be the one of the biggest ones on my list. Finally, a Bloodlines game that isn't completely jank. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, yeah. <laughs> Let's hope not. Pray to the gaming gods. Clubbles. <laughs> What's up? Oh, my game. I'm kind of looking forward yes. to. Um, Kind of looking forward to Iron Harvest, based on what I've read. But yeah, it does look pretty good. Yeah. Battle Bears. <laughs> Battle Bears. What's what? Game is yeah, that? if you if, <laughs> yeah, I've never heard if of you that. play Russia, you can create a squad of Battle Bears. Oh, that's amazing. I think they're even wearing little uh, Soviet hats with like the the communist. <laughs> Are you serious? Uh, logo on them. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Beautiful. 100%. The hammer and the sickle logo. Yeah, hammer in the sickle. Yeah, battle, battle, communist bears. Oh, our moderator, our moderators are gonna love that. <laughs> <laughs> Represent. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, uh, but another game I'm looking uh, forward to is Serious Sam Four. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Why? Because I played Serious Sam Three and I liked it a lot. So I'm looking forward to. I don't really have any expectations. I try not to look too much in the games before they come out. So I'm completely surprised. But based on what little I do now, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, one thing that I w- do want to mention, I'm glad you brought up uh, Serious Sam 3. Mm-hmm. I just want to say that uh, Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal completely ripped off the uh, melee executions uh, from Serious Sam 3. Oh. <laughs> um, wow, I've never thought of that. Wow. Uh, no, no I'm, I'm exaggerating, Manos. I'm exaggerating. Okay. But yeah, uh, Serious Sam 3 actually had a, I mean, it certainly wasn't nearly as polished or as fun, but it did have a uh, melee execution style. Yeah. In, yeah, uh, I vaguely remember in that. Serious Sam. Yeah, for all intents yeah. and purposes, they did kind of do it first, but I think the implementation yeah. that Doom did it a little bit better. 
personally. I mean, oh yeah, 100%, I, I definitely. Think, I don't think there's anything in Doom or Doom Eternal that is um, completely new and has never been done before. But mm, uh, the way they made it work and the, may, the way it feels and the way it looks is just... The, the combination of all the systems in place is just perfectly executed, yeah. I think. I found it interesting, too. It's almost like every mechanic that's in the game, like every ability that the Doom guy has in Doom Eternal, it's used to recycle, essentially. Like, you burn enemies. It doesn't do a lot of damage, but you shoot them while they're on fire and they drop armor. Then you can glory, you know, glory kill them in order to get health back. So it's like there's all these cool moves you can do, but there's a reason to do it because you get benefits from it. Yeah, it's, it's a I little bit like a rock paper, rock, paper, scissors system. Yeah, it's really mm. awesome, and I'm really appreciative of what they brought to the table. I think the question here now yeah, is definitely. how do they make the next one better? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely something I'm looking forward to, but that hasn't sadly hasn't been announced yet. Um, another thing I'm looking very forward to that has semi been announced, because it hasn't been announced in any way, shape, or form, but uh, it's confirmed that they're working on it, is a sequel to Jedi Fallen Order. Because man, that game was amazing. Yes. Yeah. So you booted up again uh, today. Yeah, I um, had my father visit me, um, basically bringing me back, bringing me back my car, which has been fixed, and I wanted to show. Oh, it to him, good. So. The squirrel didn't kill it completely. No, no, I didn't. Very good. <laughs> very, very good. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, the next two parts are a little bit of a game show. Oh boy. Uh. <laughs> So uh, the their points are going to be allocated together, uh, mm-hmm. and next week we'll find out who's the winner. Okay. Uh, for the first part, it's uh, bundle price guess and thoughts. And so I have three bundles prepared for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may or may not have seen, mm-hmm. and I'm going to read you the names of the games in a short description, and then you're going to have to try and guess how much it costs. Okay. Uh, the person who's closer gets one point each. Oh, I see. Alrighty, here we go. And no looking it up while I'm talking. Oh, I would never. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Uh, so, Fanaticals, very positive three bundle. Uh, it's got the game's Reventure, mm-hmm. which is a small pixel art adventure game which with over 101 endings. Uh-huh. Uh, Let Them Come, which is, a, which is not a porn game, despite the title. <laughs> but is instead a game about a guy who has a minigun and is shooting down a hallway against uh, Euclidean creatures like Lovecraftian. Ah. We've got Guns, Gore, and uh, Cannoli, which is a 2D shoot-em-up kind of game. Uh, Learn Japanese to Survive Trilogy, an RPG that teaches you uh, uh, Japanese at the same time. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. F1 2018, a semi-realistic F1 racing sim. Uh-huh. Train Valley, a puzzle game about making trains not run into each other. Uh, Cook Serve Delicious 2, a sim-slash-management game about cooking um, foods. Surprise, surprise. Uh, in a restaurant that you have to build from the ground up. And Meadow, a... Small MMO about uh, playing as a woodland animal and exploring the world and meeting other people playing as woodland animals. And it's kind of like an exploration uh, slash uh, journey style of game. So I'm going to give Plebbles the first guess. How much do you think this bundle costs? $10? 
Or in Menos? Um, I'm going to have to say $10 too. Already? Neither of you get points because you decided to go for a draw. Uh, uh, it is three ninety nine. Oh, wow, Jesus. that's insane. Dude, yeah, I was gonna guess eight dollars at first, but then thought, nah, it's too low, <laughs> so I went for eight. I mean, ten rather. God, that's all. That's cheap. And so, Manos, but I know I'm just curious. Uh, I know you're a fan of Reventures. So, for the listeners out there, what do you think of the game, and why should they buy this game for it, or buy this bundle for it? Reventure is uh, really interesting in that it has. Um... The, the base game itself has 100 different endings, um, which can be triggered by all sorts of stuff. Like one of the endings is um, when you leave your house and you start walking to the right, you step over a stone and break your neck, basically. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> Hell of a start. That's the least optimistic oh, start. That's actually really good. And um, yeah, that's cool. it, it looks like one of the very, very old, very first um, Ze- Legend of Zelda games, but it's a 2D platformer. And it has tons of references in it i'm I'm not going to spoil any more of the different endings but there are like i said 100 and after you get the 100th ending there's still a lot of new content to explore in the game um but um again there's also a ton of references like for example um your first task is to go into the castle talk to the king and he tells you to save the princess and when you try to leave the castle and approach the drawbridge the guard tells you he can't open the gate until you get a weapon because it's too dangerous outside so you (laughs) venture to the left of the map and you find the sword and there's an old guy near the sword and tells you that it's dangerous to go alone um so you should take the sword and if you don't take the sword, but take a detour and instead find the shovel, and you then go back to the castle um, and approach the drawbridge, he the guard tells you, uh, well, a shovel is an interesting weapon, but you're not the first one I see sporting one, so I guess I can open the gate. <laughs> hey, shovel my reference. Hey. Yeah, it's amazing. And there's tons of those in the game. So uh, it's really a unique experience. At, after a certain point, like if you have like 70... 75 different endings it can be a bit of a hassle to figure out what to do next but until that point it's very very smooth experience and you constantly find new stuff and remember new places you can go um for each run you do it's basically it's a little bit like a roguelike in that you start each new run uh having to pick up everything again um there's tons of different gear pieces you can pick up but you can only pick up a certain amount because for each piece you pick up your jump becomes a little lower so your reach decreases oh, that's interesting and if you pick up i believe it's eight uh one of the endings triggers where you have become too greedy and collapse under the weight of your equipment that's funny yeah um so definitely so, worth it yeah yeah so that is I believe half of the games in there have already been bundled once, but if you're not a bundle connoisseur, uh, definitely pick that up because it's got a lot of good value in there if you're looking for something also, new to play. I'm I'm very sorry, but something very important just came up, and I'm going to have to drop out at this point. Alrighty. I'll hear you next time. Bye. Alrighty. All right. Bye, Manos. Bye-bye, Manos. All right, Plupples. <laughs> it's just you and me. Uh, I'm kind of going to skip over the rest of these because it's kind of... Uh, it's it's kind of moot at this point, considering <laughs> we have one contestant. Yeah, there's no competition. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'll give you a point. Yay! Because you're the you're like uh, survival of the fittest. You're the only one left. Huzzah! <laughs> uh, Man. All right. Next next up is also bundle related. Um, 
So the humble choice is out next week, and I want you to guess the two uh, two of the headliners and some of the other games as well. Uh, each headliner you get right is two points. Uh-huh. Each uh, like other game Eva is one point. And if you guess a headliner, uh, but it is not a headliner, like if you guess a game is not a headliner, you get one point still. <clears throat> so Plebbles, what do you think will be in the next humble choice? That's difficult. I mean, it is. It's difficult because a lot of the other humble bundle choice, like the past couple bundles, I haven't been too pleased with. So I'm not sure if they're even going to do like put anything I'd hope to put on there anyway. Very true, though there is a bonus game <laughs> for subscribing. So we're turning back into uh, the old monthly style a little bit. Oh, really? I wasn't again. Aware. Yeah, there's a bonus game for uh, next month and. Uh, they've been doing this for like for the last three months, the mystery game, where if you stay subscribed, you get this mystery game oh. uh, to avoid people pausing their subscriptions. Mm. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know if it's been profitable for them yet. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, in concept, it sounds profitable. Is that what you wanted me to guess? Am I misunderstanding? Uh, I just kind of wanted you to guess games you wished were in it. Oh, game. okay. I understand. And, and that because of like sales, like 50 to 75% off. Uh, maybe in the bundle. Uh, okay, I see what you're saying. I got you. I got you. Uh, I mean, I guess I guess one of the games I hope I would hope to make a bundle soon would probably be. Pro- I would hope for an Assassin's Creed game to do a bundle because it's been a long time since I've mm. seen an Assassin's Creed game to be inside of. I think it was like last time I saw it was 2014, and it was at Origins, I believe. So I would uh, like. I know in a pre- Creed. What's up? You're not entirely wrong there. Uh, I believe one of the humble monthly bundles about two years ago had uh assassin's creed origins in it Mm. so perhaps odyssey could be coming next week yeah that would be nice that's something i'm very hopeful for all right anything else that you think will be showing up next week (laughs) wouldn't it be crazy if they decided to um i don't know if dead matter came out yet but wouldn't it be awesome if they actually had a game that's early access as you know what i mean a free choice that's something i don't think they've ever done i don't think so generally they only pick like completed games yeah That'd be an interesting idea for them to do. It's like maybe like a bonus game, risky, but yeah, interesting, yeah. interesting. But I mean, as far as as far as games go, other than the Assassin's Creed game, there's really nothing else I'm hopeful for. I'm just along for the ride at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I think like many people are. Yeah, I, I wish I could throw more at you, but there's really nothing else I'm honestly hopeful for. I just you know hope for the best, nothing specific. Is there anything you're interested yeah. in getting? Um. I was kind of hoping Wargroove would show up in one of the bundles eventually. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. I liked Advance Wars, and I'm sort of hoping that like the spiritual successor on PC shows mm. up. And uh, oh yeah, Advance mostly, Wars. Mostly, yeah, it's just yeah. I forgot about auto, that. <laughs> yeah, that was an RTS. Auto knots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, turn-based strategy technically, I guess. Yeah, that's probably a better. Uh, thing. Auto. Autonauts, I don't know. Mostly, I'm just like indies, mm. but I know a lot of people want to get it for the AAA headliner. So, you know, I'm I'm probably not a good person to ask either. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I like indie games too. There's just really nothing that I could think of specifically right now that I would want to be on the bundle. You know what I mean? Being yeah, a humble choice. Yeah, and it certainly become a little bit more of a a smattering compared to like the monthlies. The monthlies generally kind of had a theme a little bit. But, like, choice just seems to be, like, whatever they could get that month. Right, yeah. Which is kind of yeah, kind of good, kind of bad. 
because it like you know it varies your experience but at the same time you know you're on two different sides of the spectrum you could be like oh this is like a really good shooting game you go down here you're like a puzzle game <laughs> yeah 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 I, I kind of also enjoy it for that reason uh i like it because i get to sometimes try out games that i normally other wouldn't try right like at full price mm-hmm. because you know it's like technically it's like almost like 33 cents per game if you're on the classic plan right exactly um and even if you're not it's still like maybe two dollars per game so you know it's still pretty worthwhile just to just to explore Mm, a little bit exactly right well that has been everything from me uh and the next segment is just uh future the devils which is where a segment we're going to be doing occasionally from now on uh, where we talk about uh, stuff happening for the group in the future. Uh, I will say that there are some projects in the background being worked on that I think people might enjoy. Ooh. So, And I'm working on one of them. So I just want to let people know that, you know, stuff is rumbling. Right. And, you know, yeah, it's it's going well. And you think in, uh, you think in next uh, next podcast you're going to be able to give more detail on it? Or is it too too early? I hope so, but I'm I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure yet, and I don't want to. I don't want to more info than that, just in case. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, uh, so our group name uh, is Devils in the Detail. Uh, we're a Steam curator, so definitely look at us. We uh, we focus on high quality, honest reviews. Uh, Plebbles is a wonderful trainee reviewer. There one day full reviewer can't wait for that day me either um and we also have a discord server full of really nice uh funny people and the discord invite link is discord.com forward slash invite forward slash capital m c capital g p x c uppercase u bubbles thank you so much for being on here thank you for having me it was so great to have you great to be Uh, here (laughs) so we thank you all for listening Mm. Uh, we know you took time out of your schedules to listen to us, and I know we're not exactly the most short of podcasts out there, um, but I'm really grateful to you because this is really a passion project, and I just am glad other people are enjoying it as much as I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, uh, this has been The Devils, and we will be back next week when we are summoned again. All right. See y'all later.